Welcome back to Backboard of the Rings. Today we have System Potter Dan, a.k.a. Bayorn. System Potter. <laughs> yeah, we also have System Potter uh, Eric, a.k.a. Shellen. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Hey, hold on, hold on. It's saying here that on the injury report, he, he needs rest after that three-hour con of the rings pod. Having to deal with me for three hours is just too much. Um, I understand that. Uh, you know, as the commissioner, I accept it uh, as a legitimate reason for being out. So, unfortunately, he is not here today. But don't worry. I am the pod. It's me, Bartley. So... <laughs> I, th- I thought Eric got a, a DNP uh, load management, but then we have to call it something different or we're going to get fined by the league. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I am the commissioner of the league, so I guess I do decide that. Um, so I'll have to take it up with myself at a later date to make sure I'll have to um, check everything, make sure it was done correctly. So, uh, yeah, sorry we're a little bit late. Uh, basically, a long story short, we had a, a pod set up and then I got sick and then it was like... Uh, then things just did not work out. So, and uh, as as we as we noted, can't do it without me. Uh, that's too uh, too normal. Basically, is the answer if I'm not on. <laughs> it, it turns out that uh, scheduling things with adults is difficult. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so, uh, basically, the rundown. We are going to quickly touch upon the things we were uh, going to do for the preview. Um, I imagine we're going to talk about a lot about it in our main thing, so we're just going to quickly run through that. It was going to be similar to last year. We did basically 10 teams that we found like interesting or intriguing for the upcoming season. This year, because we were going to do three, we were going to do three, and then I was going to present uh, a 10th one, which was basically a repeat of last year uh, for a specific reason. And uh, so we'll just quickly do that. And then our main topic for this episode is going to be, uh, I, I wasn't sure, before the pod I called it a five aside, I kind of like that, uh, basically five NBA, uh, what I'm calling characters, I guess, who feel good about the season, and five who feel bad. It's pretty nebulous, it can be like players, uh, you know, coaches, uh, fan bases, organizations, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's just very nebulous, basically like things that feel good, things that feel bad. Um, and then we'll do our predictions so we can laugh at how bad some of our predictions have already turned out. Uh, <laughs> this is a bad one already. So mm. let's quickly go through the preview pod here. Dan, who were the three teams you picked as interesting? That you, or that you were yeah, about? and you are absolutely right that not all of these are going to look good in retrospect. But um, so... I picked Minnesota, Miami, and Boston. And I got some of those right in my predictions, and one of them is definitely not turned out the way I thought it it would. But um yeah, I was I was high on Boston and I know that's a a, a no brainer, but I will get mm-hmm. into more details on that later. But then I was down on both Minnesota and Miami, and then Minnesota has the best defense in the league and looks fantastic. So there you go. Yeah, I had for my three, the Bucks. although we had, I will say this, we had planned this before Dame trade. So uh, I had prepared a take that the Bucks were going to lose in the second round and then seriously consider trading Giannis. And I was going to, I had like three packages built out that I was going to pitch to you guys. I was going to be like, 
Should we trade him for this Jazz package, this Thunder package, or should we trade him to New Orleans to basically get all our picks back <laughs> from the Drew trade? Um, <laughs> those are going to be my three. Obviously, uh, that went out the window because uh, not only did they trade for Dane, but Giannis signed the extension. So, well, that was kind of <laughs> that kind of was like didn't really work out. It was uh, quite the way I thought it was going to. I had picked your team, the Mavs, because I loved their offseason minus Kyrie, but I was super interested in them um, as far as this uh, what their team was going to look like. And I thought Luca was going to come back with a bit of a vengeance this year. Uh, and then Eric was making fun. Eric made fun of this team in our chat. Uh, he was like, oh, I can't. I bet we're going to talk a lot about these teams. And he listed three uh, teams that he thought were going to suck. And uh, uh, one of the teams was one of the teams I picked. <laughs> so mad. It was the Magic. He didn't think anyone was going to talk about the Magic. But I had him as one of my three because I like their uh their core three of Paolo, Franz, and Wendell Carter Jr. And basically, my question was like, yeah, but uh, their, their guard are such a huge question mark. So that was my thing. That's why I was so intrigued by him was like, is Suggs going to make a step you, you're forward? You're not sold on Markel Fultz? Uh, I mean, he played better, but I don't, I'm not sold on him as a starter on a true contender. I think he's a nice rotation guy, maybe. And then I had yeah, a hot I, take. I oh, good. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I was just agreeing with you on Fort. Sorry, I'm not trying to sidetrack. No, 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 you're good. Uh, I also had a hot take that I thought they could have finished second in the Southeast uh, behind Miami because it's like them are the Hawks. And uh, spicy. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I tell you, I was high on them. Uh, I, I think I was uh, a little high on the uh, FIBA fever too because Franz was so good. So I think yeah. I, I, I might have got caught a little bit. <laughs> I'm glad that you mentioned that because that definitely was a lens that I was looking at, at this season through where like you mentioned Wagner and then you've got, you know, like. Even our guys that were on Team USA, like Halliburton, and we'll mm-hmm. get to it. I'm sure we'll get to him uh, later, but like Ant, right? Like Ant definitely had kind of a um, – he he showed up for FIBA, I would say, even though we disappointed as a – as you know, our, our country's team didn't really live up to expectations necessarily. But uh, there's a couple players. Halliburton, Ant looked good. Yeah. yeah. It's so, SGA, Dylan so Brooks. <laughs> Like I've never liked Dennis Schroeder as a as a player, and then you mm-hmm. see him in FIBA, and he looks invincible, and you're like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> like it's so strange yeah. how that happens. Uh, he kind of reminds me of uh, Miroslav Klose for uh, the German team uh, for soccer, where it was like amazing once you put the national team jersey on, but like totally anonymous for like his club team. It yeah, was, totally. Yeah, totally. it's a uh, really weird. I don't know if the the rules just fit him better or. Just like because there's nobody really better than him at the guard position, that it just kind of goes to him. I I don't know. Yeah, it's there's something I don't know if basing is the right word, but there's something just fundamentally different about the way guard play works in FIBA that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so the, I, uh, yeah, that was my last team, the Magic. Uh, I had a couple of backups, uh, but I opted not to do them. Uh, the team, the 10th team was going to be the Thunder, and I was basically just going to re-say everything I said on the last year's pod, because I, it was like, I was so high and I'm coming into, um, last year, and then, like, right before we recorded, Chet got injured, and, uh, it was like, oh, that really put a damper on it, so I was basically just going to repeat everything I said. I was going to have a bajillion picks, SGA is legit good, uh, I mean, I love a lot of the young guys, and then, uh, I was going to talk a little bit about 
Chet versus Wemby for Rookie of the Year because I think, um, I think as much as we love Wemby, I want I think Chet will have a chance to win that award because uh, his team will be much better, and we know that sometimes if your team is good, that kind of factors in. Um, and then Eric's teams were he had the Grizzlies because he was interested to see if they could stay afloat until Ja came back mm. um which that turned out as the answer is no <laughs> yeah he had the kings because he was interested about whether they would actually uh what their season would be like now that they're an actual contender you know instead of just being like the surprise team and they kind of uh their team kind of say the same you know they didn't really improve it but they didn't really get worse and kind of everybody around them got better um which i think that was i had them as a team that i considered as well and then he also had the Pacers, and we'll get to his Pacers in uh, a bit here, but mm, he thought that they might actually challenge for a playoff spot. So First bit of overlap. Nice. Um, so um, that was our 10 teams, which I think, I think we had some pretty good choices here. Uh, and I think so far, all those teams have been the Heat are the kind of the team where it's kind of like, I don't really know what to think about this Heat ever, so. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, it's actually why I chose them as one of mine, is that I know that everyone's going to go, oh, Heat culture, and they find a way, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, actually, this was, that was my quote-unquote spicy preseason take, is that I just think, like, I think it was a strategic mistake, mistake to make it all or nothing on Dame, especially now that Dame is, you know, plays for the Bucks mm-hmm. because... And of course, you know, they're like, well, Hero's going to have a breakout year. And like, yeah, but he's, he's injured right now, right? And he was injured last year. And I'm pretty sure the year before that, he was injured at some point, too. So, <laughs> like, no, there's a pattern, right? There's some guys. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Anthony Davis on the Lakers, where you can go, yeah, on paper, the Lakers are great. But Anthony Davis plays half the games. And when he doesn't play, they're terrible. So, mm-hmm. eh, like, I think Miami should have had a plan B if, you know, uh, a plan B for not getting Dame, and they clearly didn't, and they look not very good this year. Well, I think their plan B was just double down on heat culture and have the worst jerseys in court of all time. Man, how do you, oh how do you have the Miami Vice jerseys and then and uh. then go move away from that? That's, like, I feel like this is all karma for, for like, a Achieving the best alternate jersey in mm-hmm. the league, I think, unquestionably, and oh, then yeah. pivoting away from that, like karmically, they are paying the consequences. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I know that like Nike every year is like, oh, you gotta have a new one, but it's like, guys, as you said, you invented the perfect jersey. <laughs> like, stop it, right? Just like, just yeah. slightly iterate it, right? You know? Yeah. But all you like... gotta do is do a, a slightly different trim on your Miami Vice jersey every year, and no yeah. one's gonna complain because that jersey is perfect. I know. I I, uh, I can't believe that they have gotten rid of that. So, and like if they had a, that as like a color scheme on their court too this year instead of the stupid heat culture slogan or whatever the heck it was you want to say. Oh my god. Yeah, it's a man, it's a manifesto uh, on their floor. <laughs> that's just weird. Uh, they, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, I I will say I guess let's uh, before we kind of move into our things here. I think I think they did have a plan B, and the reason why I don't think that they really want to push all the chips on the table for Dame is because, once again, they thought they had a chance at Giannis, which I thought they did last time when he signed the extension. I think they were like, oh, 
I wonder if Giannis is going to be available, and so they want to keep the powder dry. I wish them all the luck in the world with that. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I so I think at this point, no, I think that was what they they thought, and because um, Bam's agent is the same guy as Giannis's agent, Saratsis, I think is his name, Alex Saratsis or something like that. So they have a little bit of an in with Giannis. So I wonder if they thought like. Oh, this could be a chance to get him again. Um, but obviously, this it blew up spectacularly in their face because um, yeah. they got nothing. <laughs> so that worked out well for them. Um, so let's go ahead, jump into the main topic here. Uh, Dan, why don't you go first? You could pick whichever you prefer. If you want to do something, somebody who's going to feel good or bad, whatever you want to do here. So I am going to start with a good for my own team because I actually. It's, I, I love that you picked Dallas. Like, I'm not going to talk Dallas macro, but I'm going to be very specific here. Is that I'm, I actually am really, really happy with how the Grant Williams signing turned out. Ah, yeah. Uh, and we and we had to, you know, like it was. I don't remember all the machinations, but there was definitely draft draft equity happening there. But like, you gave after, him an unprotected like done twenty nine. I think totally worth it. He is the mm-hmm. perfect fit. Um, he's been better than I could have ever hoped. And and again, I don't want to talk Kyrie because that's the thing that makes me very sad about my team's future. <laughs> but uh, no, I think I think he's perfect. And I think we absolutely hit a home run on the draft. And the rookie um, Lively, Lively is perfect next to... Yeah, but anyway, that was my good though. It's not even Lively. It's really Grant Williams is like exactly the wing that we need on that team. And losing okay. Dorian yep. Finney-Smith in mm-hmm. the whole Kyrie trade, like... We needed to replace essentially him, and we did it with an even better player, frankly. Yeah, it's funny. I had, uh, as one of my who uh, characters who feels good, I had Luca on there because I was like, God, he's got to be loving what he's seeing from the team around him because that was like a big question last season was like, God, this roster around Luca kind of sucks and it doesn't really fit, yeah. doesn't really work. Like the bigs kind of stink. Uh, they don't really have a good wing defenders or players. Dwight Powell, that doesn't it doesn't do it for you. <laughs> I mean, Dwight Powell is going to be like the new Jason Garrett, where it's going to be like, how is he still on this team in Dallas, like t- for ten years? You'd be so confused. Um, and I was, I was kind of like, hmm, they're kind of at this point where, uh, if they don't show improvement, I don't want to say that it, it encourages Luca to leave because it's so early in his contract stuff, but it's like. He's going to look around and be like, what's going on here? And yep. uh, we have criticized the Kyrie trade so many times, giving up all that stuff. We're going to go over it again. But, like, I agree. I loved their draft. Uh, Lively turned out, I mean, as you mentioned, he's been so good for him. He's the starting center. Like, the, after the first game, they were like, no more starting center. Like, it's time to start Lively, which is, like, so crazy that your rookie, one game into the season, it was just like, he's got to start. Like, but- I mean, can't having, have I've been saying this ever since we drafted <laughs> Luca. Having a lob threat next to him is such a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. It's and such a no-brainer yeah. move. Like it doesn't take a basketball genius to realize when you have a guy with that kind of court vision that draws that kind of attention, like Luca does. Mm-hmm. You have a guy that does not need the ball, that runs the floor, that plays defense, and just jumps for lobs every freaking time, and it's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah, he is such a great partner with Luca, and he's got like. He's still got the wheels, right? Because, like, for a while, Dwight Powell played with Luca. okay when they first got there. Kleba kind of played. But those guys are, like, 
Yeah, they're, yeah, they're done. They're done. The exactly yeah. right. So it's like they needed uh, they needed another a, a new big man. You know, they tried the Porzingis thing, and those guys hated each other. It seemed so like a lively. Like if you're Luca, you got to be looking up, like lively is a guy we could build with, right? And uh, you have to love playing with them. Gives you good interior. Uh, he's young, so he's gonna make mistakes, but he's big, so he'll give you some good rim protection. And then I agreed with the Grant Williams thing too. What he was shooting like fifty percent three throw, unsustainable, but still like him being able to stretch the floor is so helpful for Luca. Just to have more guys to pass to who can like, like he's not passing to Reggie Bullock anymore. <laughs> Grant Williams is a better shooter from three. Oh, <laughs> I had forgotten. I had forgotten all about Reggie Bullock. Thank you for bringing this. <laughs> um, so it's like. Grant is such a better player. He's such a versatile defender. He can play. I mean, he was the Giannis guy. Like they put him up against Giannis, but they put him against so many different players. Like they're gonna stick him on Jokic if they ever play him in the postseason. It's gonna go terribly because it's gonna go terribly for everybody. But at least he's gonna regarding Jokic goes terribly, right? Like yeah, I mean, if he's like a D instead of an F, that's awesome because like everybody else is gonna be finding Fs (laughs) against Jokic. So like. We don't want Luca guarding Jokic, right? Like, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if he could give them anything against Jokic. Also, I, I forget who was. I think I was listening to a Wendy's podcast, and they're bringing up Grant Williams is more annoying than Luca, which is like a huge boon because, like, he is now the annoying person to the refs. He is now the annoying person for the other oh, team. Oh, that's like, an amazing take. I love that's it. That's so funny. I, I think it. McMahon had it, but like, yeah, oh, like Grant yeah. Williams is actually more annoying than Luca. So, like. Luca gets to like still be annoying, but Grant is like the most annoying guy in the league. I'm not even gonna argue that. And I know people love the clowning <laughs> because because uh, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy emo buckets absolutely torched him in the playoffs last year. But uh, I, I don't care from a basketball standpoint. It's it's a perfect fit. Oh yeah, he's he's been great for them. So uh, yeah, funny that we both said. Uh, Luca and the Mavs as our as our field because I mean it's true I mean what they were they're like second in in the in the West right now I think so oh don't um, jinx it I mean I'm I'm very I'm very happy I did not think we were going to be as good as we are right now yeah I think the Mavs like obviously their team is not good enough to win a title this year I mean like very few teams are but like you're making the right steps or you're you're putting like steps in the right direction right where it's like your team has players sans like Kyrie is such like the black cloud sans Kyrie a lot of your your young your players now are kind of like in like Luca's time frame so it's like yeah I think uh, and like who knows what Omax is gonna look like I mean we don't know yeah, but I I also like like Hardy and Green those guys look like they could play too so yeah um, Hardy Hardy's good and I liked Green last year he hasn't gotten enough run this year but um yeah no we. We look good for the future, and honestly, I don't think anyone's beaten Denver this year anyway. So I'm not going to call like this idea, <laughs> right. this, this binary take that like, oh, it's it's uh, championship or bust. Like, come on, man, that's there's 30 teams in the league. You can't mm-hmm. I, you can't be that reductive in the way you look at basketball. Nah, there's like three or four teams in the in the league that are at that level where it's like, yep. and for most teams, it's like we just got to keep building to be getting to that level where you're like, yes, if we don't win the title this year is a big disappointment. Uh, but for most teams, it's like, you just want to keep building, right? You still want to keep making steps forward. Um, so, yeah, we shared our first one here, Mavs and Luca. Why don't you go again here then? 
So this one is a, kind of a general one, but it's just uh, actually should I should I alternate alternate good and bad? Yeah, let's alternate good and bad. So this is one of the one of the five no bueno, and that is uh, city jerseys. Uh, no thank yeah. you. We mentioned it briefly on the Miami thing, but like I'm going to say this is a general thing. Like 95 percent of the city jerseys I do not like. Oh, they were really bad. There's like I would say maybe. The Kings was was good. That's a callback to like when they used to play here in KC. Um, so that was a cool one. But yeah, most of them are terrible. They're either just really bland, the, they are just confusing, or they're like, like why are the Bucks playing in blue? I know that they're trying to push this like yeah. you know Milwaukee so means like city by the lake or whatever. But it's like we don't play in blue, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the, the color schemes are all wrong. Like, and I get you can get creative because it's a it's a one off. Like by all means, but. Like Indy's city jersey is black, and like you can't have the Pacers with a black jersey. That makes no sense. Like I just, yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's yeah, the color schemes are weird. The design choices are weird. I agree with you on the Kings. That's one of the few exceptions I think is a good one. But it's because it also is a throwback, right? And if you're gonna yes. like, you use it as an opportunity to do th- to do callbacks to like the team's legacy, like the Lakers could have done that with you know Minneapolis or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. just a lot of these jerseys are so ugly. Yeah, I heard, uh, I think was it uh, on the mismatch, they were saying, like, I think Verno was saying, like, have them play in their, like, franchise's original jersey, you know? Nice. Uh, that would be cool. I think that would be that really would be cool. cool. Like, that would connect fans to, like, the history of your team and stuff, too, which I think would be yeah. interesting. And you, and you would see, and honestly, some of those are questionable, too, but, like, still it would be cool because you would get this, like, coming full circle kind of, like, historical aspect yeah, to it, yeah, where yeah. some of these... Some of these city jerseys are so ugly. <laughs> yes. Oh, they're hideous. Like, oh, my God. So, and then, like, as you mentioned, with the color schemes, like, so uh, the, the one of the things about the NFL is because they don't make a lot of changes to their jerseys very often. Is like when you see an NFL game, you know what teams are playing, right? Because, like, mm. those jersey, like, pattern colors are basically always the same. And, like, yeah. when you're not watching the NBA games, I'm like, who the hell is playing? Where are they playing? I'm so I'm like you don't even you don't even know what you're watching. Totally. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. I did not like it. That was a big whiff uh, from Nike this year. It, it's like. Dan, here, here's a here's a real hot, spicy take. Uh, the jerseys with the sleeves were better. <laughs> Ooh. I I mean, I am obviously at the bottom of the barrel in terms of amateur skill level, but like I cannot play basketball with sleeves. I, it's got <laughs> to be sleeveless. There's something about having like constraint, like feeling the constraints on my shoulders and like <laughs> sleeves that I just do not like. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I didn't like the jerseys with the sleeves either, but if I had to choose between the, those sleeved jerseys from like, what was like eight years ago or whatever versus like these ones now, I don't know, man. No, I that might, <laughs> You're probably right. They probably even the sleeve jerseys probably look better. But uh, I mean, at least anyway. they played in their colors, right? That's the thing. Yeah, no, you're, you're, that's a very good point about the colors. Is like even even with the alternates, like you knew the two main styles, and even if they tweaked it a little bit or the iconography a little bit or whatever, like or the font, like that's fine. But like you see certain very specific colors, right? The Bucks had very specific color scheme and you mess with that and you go blue and it's like what the hell is that like you can't have the box playing in blue that doesn't make any sense i know it's so weird uh i mean i know they're well they've been doing the city connect jerseys for a while but it's like i know they're trying stuff but 
um, it's not all working. Um, let's put it that way. Uh, I want to save some more thoughts uh, later, though. Uh, yeah, let's kick um, the next one. That's enough of me ranting about city jerseys. That was one of my five things, <laughs> bad things. What's 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 one of your uh, one of your I've, things? Here? I've got uh, LeBron James on here. He's got to feel bad because he's like fifty years old now, and he's still the linchpin of the team. Like the whole point of having like AD and you know now Austin Reeves and all these, and D'Lo and all these guys was like we can take some of the regular season pressure off of LeBron James and they were going to do the minutes restriction on him a little bit where they'd be like, oh, we're trying to monitor his minutes after game one. They they stopped doing that. He's playing like 37 minutes a game now and it's like, mm-hmm. LeBron is 39 and he's still like absolutely the the superstar. Everything revolves around for the team. Like, the on-off numbers with him are crazy. It's like, this cannot be happening for, on the Lakers. There's no way he makes it even halfway through the season at the rate that he's playing right now. That is no, he can't. Incredible. He's just too old now, right? And he's been he he used to be like, you know, when we peak LeBron, if he got injured, it was like I don't know, it was like the most shocking thing in the world. Like aliens might have might as well landed. Now it's like now he's old and he gets injured all the time. So it's like you have to know that you cannot put that workload on him and have him be at the end of the season fresh enough to be able to carry like it was obvious i mean he got hurt at the end of last year too but that's because he had to play so much but in the postseason he just didn't have it at the end of the the at the end of the postseason anymore because it's like yeah he's 39 he just he can't do it anymore and um he's got to be feeling bad about like i mean it's been for years since they made that ad trade he's been telling ad you're the man it's it's, it's time to, for, to be your team and it's never time for it to be AD's team. Like, yeah, oh I almost feel like every time he turns them and tells them, you're the man, this is your team, AD then immediately gets injured. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. so that, that kind of tells you <laughs> how the team's <laughs> going to fare right there. Yeah. Uh, and, and Lakers fans hate on Darvin Ham a lot too right now. And, you know, obviously he was a uh, Bucks assistant and he was really important in their, in their title run. So I, I, like, I like him, but like, yeah, he's also in his second year and it's tough to be... Yeah, uh, 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 such a young coach on such a team with I such think, big. I think Vogel was a perfectly good coach. I understand understood why they let him go, and there's that whole like, oh, it was time, and it's like, yeah, because you can't fire your players for being injured, <laughs> right, or yeah, for not fitting because the roster was constructed poorly. You know, like mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, that's a, that's a whole thing with the Lakers beyond the injuries is like their roster is better constructed now, but it's still, I don't know, like. Denver Denver exposes everyone right now, to be fair, but Denver, I do think, really exposed them in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Yeah, and I also think uh, their other guy that, that I've joked about how much I love him, Austin Reeves, has had a really tough start to the season, and I'm not quite sure what to attribute it fully to. Like, could be, you know, the long... Uh, the, or the long season with the, you know, they made the run, and then he went and played the Olympics, so he yeah, just retired. He has, he has also, a break all. yeah. It could also just be like Austin Reeves teams now have you like on the scouting report, right? It's like you're not yeah. just like this fun. It's like we're planning for you, so it could be that too, you know? Yeah, and that, and that I think that happens, especially for younger players, right? Is it's like mm-hmm. when you get to be under the radar and just do you things and be in like the second unit, and you're playing against the lesser defenders on the other team potentially, and you get to just show up and do whatever and and everything's, you know, it's a great, it's all gravy. Right. And now Mm -hmm. to your point, like they're scheming him and going, Hey, like we're going to shut down what this guy wants to do. 
Um, and, and also, I think the refs, for someone that, you know, gets to the line a lot, the refs kind of start to see... Um, your tricks, right? Your tricks, right? And they're not, and that's not always going to, you know, like between the opposing players and the referees, it's not always going to work. And so if someone that relies on getting a lot of free throws, like... You're not going to get that game in and game out. But yeah, I, I do think having zero break has probably affected him. I mean, he's young, but still like... Mm-hmm. He's never played that much. 60 yeah. days in, out of a year of basketball is probably mm-hmm. a bit too much. Especially yeah. at that level of intensity. Yeah, and for a guy who's never done it before, you know, like when LeBron... We always talk about LeBron with the amount of minutes he's played, but it's like, yeah, LeBron did it for so long, though, so he knew how to take care of his body for all the long runs and then the, the then the Olympics and all stuff. So it was like, and also he's a guy, he had a lot of money too, but it's like, yeah, I mean, he had he knew how to do it because he'd done it so many times. Like, Austin Reeves is doing it for the first time, so of course he's just not, you know, probably ready for, you know, all that this next level entails. And it, you see it a lot with, um, as you mentioned, with players who burst out of the scene and then struggle for a bit and then I'm sure he'll be fine because I'm sure he'll figure out what they figured out and then, you know, that's the chess match, right? But um, it can't be making feel, as I said, it can't be feeling good for LeBron though to see AD and Austin Reeves not buoying this team and uh, let's not even talk about D'Lo. We know he's he's trade bait anyway, so there's no point talking about him. (laughs) Also, guys are injured too, like Fando and Rui are out, so you know that doesn't. Happen. Yeah, I mean, and, and and that was that was my primary point off the top about the Lakers is actually like I think their roster is better constructed now than it was before. Like bringing yep. in bringing in Wes, uh, you know, Westbrook was a massive mistake from a mm-hmm. you know like a um, front office standpoint, but they've they've really done an impressive job of of fixing those those kind of roster mistakes. But the problem is half their team is injured and you're just not yeah. going to be very good in the NBA if half your team is injured. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, still a long season, so they can still turn it around, but for a player that age to be putting on uh, this many minutes as early, got to be concerning. Um, Dan, why don't you hit me up with another one here then? Okay. Um, let's do a, let's do a positive. Um, Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards wing mm. menaces. And this is undercutting my one of my preseason takes, which is I didn't like some of the con- like roster issues on Minnesota. I was like, oh, I'm kind of down on them. And I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. Like they look really freaking good. But I will say, I, I, and I understand everyone wants to like make it about Gobert and oh, he looks like you know uh, defensive player of the year caliber mm-hmm. again. Blah blah blah. Like no, I didn't. I think the reason why that team is so good defensively, and yes, having Gobert as a backstop is a good thing, and I'm not saying that doesn't matter, but I think Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards on the wing are scary as defenders. Yeah, uh, I mean... Really, really good. <laughs> yeah, uh, they have been really good. And now that Edwards... We talked a little bit about it with the Team USA thing. There's always a player or two who go to Team USA and they come back... And then it's like they unlocked something, and that could be yep. could be Ant this year. I mean, he looked really good in uh, FIBA for his age. I mean, he was of course he wasn't like you know like Durant or whatever, <laughs> but it was like he played really well. And I thought I think now he's like ready to maybe take step forward. And um, you know, as far as the Gobert thing, I know in the past you and I have not talked on air about it, but talked to like in other places about it, 
The problem with those Gobert teams on Utah was nobody in front of him knew how to defend. So he would get so exposed in the postseason because he was the only good defender because Mitchell didn't want to try. And uh, yeah, when you have Ant and uh, McDaniels trying in front of you, it makes obviously like Gobert's like, uh, you know, the percentage against him at the rim is like, you know, back to his uh, defensive player of the year level. But it's like that makes such a big difference to have that extra little bit of time for him to get into position, you know, contest. I know people are saying too he's like healthier this year, but like just those having those two wing defenders makes such a big difference for uh, big men. Like it's just does that. Will, I mean, they're yep. fighting over the screens, all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, and I mean, I it's interesting because they're an amazing defensive team. They they're already like it's early. I mean, everything we're saying here goes comes with the caveat of some oh, yeah. exercise. It's early, but that said, like I think I'm. I, I think they have an exciting future, but I also, if I was them, I would absolutely trade Cat. I would wait oh, yeah. until he has a couple good, good games, and then I would I would sell high because I do not think long term that your spacing with Cat and Gobert on the floor, as good as their wings are on both ends, I, I just don't think that's going to work out. I'm surprised you're saying that because I heard Cat is the greatest shooting big man of all time. He should be providing a lot of spacing. You know, <laughs> as someone that watched Dirk. Dirk Nowitzki for almost his entire <laughs> career. Uh, I don't agree with Kat's self-assessment as the greatest <laughs> shooting big man of all time. I, uh, I you might have forgotten about some other players that are in the <laughs> Hall of Fame currently. Uh, yeah, that's uh, among the many things he's said that, is, that are insane. That's probably got to be number one, I think, for me still. Um, yeah, he's, he's at, Kat has had a rough start to the year. Uh, he's, uh, his shooting has not been there. I'm sure it'll come around, but uh, I mean, the big thing for them is just they can't afford to have all those players on the team, uh, so they mm. will have to move somebody. So I think I agree with you that I think I would move Cat if I were to move somebody. Um, I just, I mean, I've talked about it much about it. I'm just everybody knows I'm not a fan of. Him. I think he's a loser. <laughs> um, yeah, well, he, but, I mean, he's clearly delusional with the stuff that he says. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's totally like does not understand like what's like stuff going on around him uh, they, i i did yeah go ahead well, i'm just gonna say they could be scary good if they make the right cat trade though because it's one of those addition by subtraction even though like mm-hmm. it could be the kind of trade for example that the talking heads go oh you didn't get enough value blah 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 but like the thing is it's a team game and there's only one basketball and you already have ant who's mm-hmm. i think gonna be the man like either this year or very soon like i think he's that good or will be that good. Um, you don't necessarily want a team where there's another guy on the team that doesn't really play defense, or when he does, he fouls out in two quarters, <laughs> and then pouts if he doesn't get the ball and thinks he's the greatest shooting big man of all time when that is clearly absurd. Like, it, you could get other guys that are more complementary pieces, and that team mm-hmm. could actually get better. As like, and I'm not saying like Cat is talented. But he doesn't stay healthy, and he's delusional, and you get the right pieces, you know, to replace him on that team. And, yeah, potentially Minnesota could be very, very good. But, yeah, so my preseason my, – that's – of all my preseason takes totally turned out wrong. Like, they actually, I think, are going to be really good this year. Yeah, I also was not very high in them, and uh, we look kind of – I mean, again, as we always say, it's early. They could certainly fall off. I mean, last year, what, like, the Kings were sort of, like, 0-5 or something like that, and they had the, the three seed, so, like, 
it's early. Who knows? But I, I've liked what I've seen. Um, I, I do wonder, you know, uh, with the cat thing, because you're talking about like, oh, you know, maybe not getting like what you think is equivalency of him. I, I think the problem for him is going to be the contract. He's got a lot of years and a lot of money yeah. left on it. So like, you're probably not going to get like an amazing return because someone's just going to be on the hook for a lot of money for many years. So it's going to reduce his value. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when when people trying to trade for Dame and people were criticizing his contract because it was like, oh, he's still got all this money left on it. And um, it's going to be the same thing with Cat. You know, it's going to be. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, that's all the more reason why. Like, I think they should have done it a year ago, frankly. But yeah, yeah probably. a little more reason why you do it now before. Because that the, the perceived value of that contract is only going to go down over time. Yeah, yeah. Because I just don't think he's getting any better. So it's like, as the more and more you see of him, and with the with the new rules coming up, um, you know, teams aren't going to be able to aggregate if they're in, you know, apron, depending on what apron they're in. Um, teams are going to be looking at his contract and being like, oh, man, if we take on his massive contract, it really limits us in terms of what we can do in the future. Because now it's looking like you basically have two max guys. And it's going to be really, really hard to have more than that. And it's like, you're going to want Cat to be one of those? I mean... We kind of saw that, right, <laughs> on the Wolves. So, yeah. Um, I agree. We, we were very negative on that bit, but I, I like what... I agree that I like their young core. McDan- McDaniels, uh, Edwards, Conley has been really good for them. I kind of thought... We discussed this partway during the year last year. I was like, oh, I wonder if Conley for D'Lo... I think they had D'Lo, right? And they traded yeah. him. And I was like, I wonder if Conley is going to help you know, right the ship a little bit as a steady veteran, knows how to play. He throws lobs to Gobert. Yeah, right? that's, like, that's what I said, yep. To Gobert. <laughs> yeah, he'll actually pass the ball to Gobert <laughs> and stuff. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, he's been really good for him too. And uh, I still am confused by uh, having three big contracts for Cat, Gobert, and Nas Reed is still really confusing to me. And yeah, we just discussed they, that, but um, not sustainable. <laughs> uh, so they, they are a team that's going to have to make a trade because of all the money they've tied up in players. Uh, but future's bright, I think, for them uh, because Ant, as you said, he looks like the real deal. I McMahon today was saying, like, man, he could be coming for Giannis's best two-way player crown, and it's like, yeah, he's certainly certainly tracking like that. I mean, for him, yeah, it's going to be the defensive effort. He's gonna. He, he's probably a couple, you know, a year or two out on that. And, yeah. and to your point, if if he wants it, because that's the mm-hmm. thing about you know players like Giannis is, it's not only the the talent, but it's the desire, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And defense, we know it's. I I hate saying this because it's such coach talk, but defense is so much about effort. It's it's what wanting to fight over screens, wanting to like do this stuff, and it's like you gotta want it you know, to play on defense and be elite at that level. So, um, and, and we've seen with like other players who like are offensively so gifted, they can't play defense at that level all the time because it just wears them down. Yeah. So, well, and that was, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk more Dame when we get to buck stuff, but I think that was one of the, one of the things that everyone perceived on Dame is like, Oh, he's not a good defender. And I'm not, I'm not saying he's ever going to be a plus defender, but I do think that when you look at a lot of those Portland teams, when you look at the offensive load he had to carry, even if he had wanted to be a better defender, like where is he summoning that energy, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Like when you when you're putting your whole team on your back, winning games in the fourth quarter with you know forty footers, like you really think that's the guy that's going to <laughs> stop her on the other end on defense? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, that was the thing we always thought with Mitchell in uh, Utah too. Was like he had to do so much on offense that he just didn't want to play defense. That was kind of what people thought. Um, he should have played defense, <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, I mean that was kind of like some of the wisdom uh, that people thought. Uh, I'm gonna do a good one here too because it does piggyback off of what we've just been spending a lot of time talking about. And I had fans of tall French players <laughs> because. I was going to talk about Gobert a little bit and his resurgence with his, uh, he looks healthier, you know, he's playing defensive player of the year level again. We've talked, I mean, we just talked about it a bunch. He looks much better. He had that, like, didn't he have like a 17 and 21 game, I think, earlier too? So he had some crazy boxer again. He looks like he's back, but it's really so we can spend all the time talking about Wemby here. <laughs> um, obviously, he's had some games where he's looked like a rookie where he's inconsistent, but he's also had some games where he's looked really good, and he's shown enough to be like, ah, yes, he is going to be a great player. I mean, his games against the Suns were insane. Yeah, that is... It's almost an understatement. I did not think he would be this good this early. Same. Uh, I'm at the NPA is very happy. They really front loaded those Spurs games in the in the uh, uh, national TV schedule. But yeah, he's like they have some issues on the team. Like they don't really have like a because they're playing so uh, so Chan at the point. So it's kind of like weird where he's not really a point guard. I'm not sure what they're doing. It would be helpful if they just had a real point guard. But I mean, he's. Defensively, he is what we kind of thought, where he's like, teams are having such a hard time finishing at the rim against him. And like every game, there's somebody who's like, I'm gonna, who like either doesn't realize it or what. They just take him on and he just like makes him look like a fool. That was that one against the Raptors where he basically just grabbed the ball out of the air as soon as it went up and he just like looked at him. It was so funny. Uh, but he's had a lot of those so far. It's the awesome thing about being that good of a shot blocker is his blocks per game are going to go down but and this is going to be one of those things that doesn't show up in the box score but absolutely has an impact on the floor which is mm-hmm. people are just going to stop shooting when they're anywhere near him and that means that they have to kick it back out or dribble out or do something else and that's a huge friction to put on the other team's offense right to be like oh oh i'm too close to him i'm not even going to go up with this yeah i mean he's going to have to learn to not foul of course um because i think his long limbs guys are just gonna like try to use those against him but i mean yeah as you said players are just gonna we see it against players like gobert Giannis, and lopez where it's like they get in the lane and they're like eh maybe not it's gonna be even crazier for like wemby because he's gonna be able to eat up shots even further out than those guys can because he's young and he's fast and he's quick and he's yeah, I mean, like, um, the, the the length is absurd. He had, I think it might have been preseason, but I'm sure he'll get an, another one of these. He had a steal where he was yeah, guarding his man on the three point <laughs> line, and he took one big reach, like not, a, I guess, yeah, one giant step, but in towards the paint, 
and he got a paint steal while guarding his man on the perimeter. I know, and it's crazy. I know when I say that, it sounds impossible, but, like, look <laughs> it up. It's on YouTube. It is the craziest thing you'll ever see, where, like, he was close enough to his man on the perimeter that he stopped them from even swinging it to him, and instead he just reaches in and pokes the ball out as someone else's guy is driving to the basket. Mm-hmm. And that and, should not be physically possible. <laughs> I don't, it, it, uh, so many of his, like, plays look like they're photoshopped and fake, right? It's like, this is... What? This is... This can't be right. Um... It's it's just so crazy to watch him. And, like, I think what's so f- insane is when you watch his teammates, you know, like, it's like, so I have the ball, or uh, Vassal or Vassell will have the ball, and they'll just throw it up to for a lob to an impossible place. And you'll be like, they're throwing the yeah. ball into the ceiling. And then he just grabs it and dunks it. And it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> like... <laughs> I feel bad for other people on the Spurs from here on out that are going up for lobs though, because like, I bet you it's going to, it's going to like train laziness into all. Oh yeah. Every, like everyone, all the passing on the Spurs is going to get so sloppy because you could throw the ball freaking anywhere. And he just like does the Gumby arm and grabs it mm-hmm. and dunks it. And it's like, yeah, you can't normally throw it. Those are not good <laughs> passes to anyone else in the league. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, like that's going to be such an unstoppable play because like you, he will just if he if he does the, the classic thing they teach you, which is catch high, keep high, like how is anyone going to like stop him without foul which is you just have to foul him. Like yeah. he's just gonna dunk the ball or lay it up so easily. Um you know, I think the only thing that I haven't liked so far from him is sometimes some games I think he takes too many threes. Um uh, I know he can shoot the three and he wants to show it, but um Yeah. He's 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 a rookie. He's young. Yeah. I mean, he's an experienced rookie, right, from playing overseas. But like, mm-hmm. he's still he's still doing the rookie things. He's still getting he's getting bullied, which we knew he would, right? Mm-hmm. The bigger, stronger players are like, oh, it's fine. You're not going to block it when I like when I back you down into the basket and dunk it on you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't right. Block that. And mm-hmm. that and that's going to happen because he's skinny and and he doesn't his center of gravity is like a foot and a half above everyone else's. Yeah. But, but I mean, honestly, I was like, "Oh, he's this is going to be a year of figuring it out." He's freaking blocking Booker in like the second game of the season or whatever it was. You're just like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like he's so good already. I mean, he in that fourth quarter against that Suns in that second Suns game, his his like masterpiece of the thirty eight points or whatever. He yeah. was the best player, and it's like Kevin Durant is playing in this game. <laughs> like, yeah. and this doesn't make sense. And it was crazy. I mean. Um, yeah, no, that's that's the thing. Is it like I do think it is on the table for the first time in what it's been like forty years or something for a rookie to get, uh, you know, like first year All Star bid. Oh yeah, that, that, I mean, that would not surprise me. You know, it's it's early. The other thing is because there's fan voting as part of it, right? Like, right. I'm not yep. saying that he would deserve it, but I'm saying like I think it's on the table that he actually gets it. Yeah, I mean, if look. Uh... The K-pop fans got Wiggins as a starter, and I saw some K-pop groups dressed in Wemby jerseys, and I'm just telling you, man. (laughs) Oh, never underestimate the power of K-pop, man. Yeah, that's true. Mrs. will be very happy to hear that, because she does love herself some... uh... K-pop. Yeah, no, you you and Eric need to come out to the to the hall and uh, we'll do a little road trip down to San Antonio and we'll watch a Wimby game sometime this year. We need to make uh, that happen. I'd love it. Um I actually was thinking about uh I was talking to one of my coworkers about it because now I'm like, oh my god, it's like 
I'm so annoyed that because one of the problems of moving away from Milwaukee is now it's hard to see the Bucks. And he was like, oh, you could probably go to like um, Oklahoma City. It's like a it's a pretty hefty drive, but you could probably do it. And then I looked, I was like, oh, yeah, when do they play at Oklahoma City? And then I was like, oh, no, they played them in April. <laughs> that game probably might not matter. But yeah, um, yeah I, I, would, I would be shocked if he's playing if Wemby is playing big minutes in April. Let's just say that right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. So like, um, yeah, it would be better to do it probably sooner than later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that'd be exciting. I'm just, I just yeah, I can't believe that he was so hyped. And like I said, he's had he certainly had rookie games, but I mean, he's been so fun. He's been one of the most fun things of the season so far. So, yeah, um, it's and crazy had, that someone that had that much hype is actually living up to it. That's that's something mm-hmm. that I feel like does not happen very often, you know? Yeah, he doesn't look out of depth out there. He looks like he knows how to play, which is like, yeah, yeah. Um, very exciting that <laughs> it's working out here for him. Um, why don't you then take me to your next one here? I'm going to, this is fun. We'll, we'll keep trying to, uh, you know, segue appropriately. So I'm going to go from one youngster to a group of youngsters that I'm really, um, excited about. And that is Indy just has, I mean, Halliburton, obviously, again, like we, we mentioned like FIBA, some people showed out and some people probably got worn out, but I feel like Halliburton played pretty well. Um, Definitely, he's I one think of the best players. Definitely, it benefited him. I think doing FIBA, um, and then you just mm-hmm. look at like Matherin and Nimhard, and uh, they got Bruce Brown, which I think was a really good offseason move. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a feeling a healed trade is coming, but like I just think Indy, they have the right age range on their guys. They've got talent. Mm-hmm. They've got a really good coach. Um, I think Indy's going to be good, and I, I'm I'm not necessarily saying this year. Like you know, obviously in the East. There's like to me the bot it's Celtics and then everyone else kind of you know like there's tiers below the Celtics is kind of the way I see it. No offense to your Bucks, but uh, but oh, we'll get to that. Is the kind of team that like if they stick together, that team in a couple in a year or two is going to be really. I mean, I I think they're they're a playoff team this year. I think, and then I think in the years to follow, like that, I think that team's going to be very very good. So I'm I'm excited to see where they go. Yeah, they have uh, the best offense in the league so far. Uh, I think they're the number number one in uh, offensive rating. I mean, I just watched them. Uh, was it yesterday that they played? Was that yeah? Uh, and Giannis put up. I mean, he cooked Miles Turner, but <laughs> yeah, Giannis had the fifty four point game yesterday. And the, I mean, I know there's no Dame. Blah 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 blah. Like the Pacers won. The Pacers came back from like ten down. They they did not quit. They looked like good and it was like um yeah they of course as you mentioned they, they still had some times where you're like oh this is a young team <laughs> uh, yeah. but uh they can score the ball uh, they're shooting the three ball probably because it's so early in the season as you mentioned that it's it's they're probably shooting above board right now but um man they, yeah they look really good they have a nice young core uh even like one of the things, uh, you know, we've talked about the Sabonis Halliburton trade many mm. times, and I know we ha- we have slightly differing opinions on it. One of the things that really helped them was removing Sabonis off the team and basically just making Miles Turner the only center 
has really yeah. helped them out actually. Um, I, I, this is the thing. I understand everyone thinks I'm crazy for saying that was a win-win trade, but like honestly, I, I'm I think Halliburton is a better player than Sabonis. I will say that right now. But I think both teams benefited from that trade, and you hit on one of the reasons why is addi- addition by subtraction is a thing. Mm-hmm. And so, and I like one of my good friends is uh, Pacers are his team, and so we talk in depth about the Pacers, and it never worked the Turner Sabonis thing. It nah. never worked for them. And then once you let Sabonis go, and you get freaking Halliburton back, and it's like, oh wow, like completely changes the way the team plays. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, Wendy said this on his podcast just the other day, and I, this this is a good way to put it: is like it was like. It's short-term and long-term win for the Pacers and probably short-term win for the Kings for that one. So they both, yeah, like... But, obviously, five years from now, people are going to be yeah. like... like and I, I can even see people exactly, going, like, right. oh, what a dumb trade. But here's the thing, man. The Kings hadn't even been to the playoffs in, like, exactly, like a right? decade. Like, you've got to take a swing and make a viable team. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're a Kings fan and you're like, we haven't been to the postseason since, like, probably Reagan was the president or whatever the hell, you're like... We made it. It's a win. We're so happy, right? I mean, like, of course, like you have to, you have to break that that stank off your team because everybody thinks you're a joke, and you have yeah, to yeah. not be a joke, right? That's and let's be That's clear, the they didn't just make it and get swept. They took the Warriors, who you know, mm-hmm. even last year were a very good team, to seven games. Like that. That's a real respectable yeah. performance in the playoffs, right? With, with an injury from Fox. Remember, he injured his finger, and they probably, if he doesn't injure his finger, that game, oh, that yeah. went to seven games. They probably win if he doesn't have Yeah, they probably finger, win right? that series yeah. if Fox is not injured. I agree. So, like, yeah, I mean, like, both teams got to be happy. As of now, I mean, like, like we said, in like five years, I'm sure people maybe will think differently. But, like, right now, I mean, the both got to be happy. Let's be honest, too. Five years in NBA time might as well be, you know, like, flying cars and, and, you know, uh, condo complexes on Mars or something. Like, it's it's so far out that you can't... Exactly. Right, yeah. You you cannot predict anything uh, about what things are going to be like that far into the future. Um, And I think if you're a Pacers fan, I think you just got to be happy about the direction your team's going. It's it you know, um it's tough for them because they play in a division with two teams that um probably are gonna finish ahead of them in the Bucks and the Cavs. Um Cavs are looking kinda eh, right now, but Yeah, and this is the thing, is like long term prospect wise, I, I'm taking Indy over the Cavs. I'll say yeah. that right now. Well, yeah, I mean, oh uh, well, I mean, let's just do this. Or would you rather have Halliburton or Mobley? I mean, pretty clear it's Halliburton, right? Yeah, and it's not to say, uh, you know, back to the five years is an eternity in NBA time. Like Mobley's young, I think he's going to end up being really good. But like Halliburton mm-hmm. is really good today, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like last year, if Halliburton had not got injured, it would not have been crazy to think he was third team All NBA, like. That's crazy, right? You know? Yeah, no, I mean, he's so ahead of schedule in terms of... Yeah, this is why I liked the Wemby uh, segue into this, is, like, Halberton's another one of those guys where it's like, how is he this good at this young of an age? Honestly. Well, Dan, I have the answer for that, because one of my other positives here is it's good times for fans of southeastern Wisconsin basketball players, and that's why he's so good. <laughs> um, 
because this was uh, I was gonna talk a bit about Hero. Uh, I know, yeah, he's out right now, but I mean, he's gotta come back with a bit of a vengeance after all the trade rumors and that hilarious press conference where Riley was like, "Oh, we never thought about trading." I was like, "Yeah, bullshit, dude." <laughs> like, hilarious. That was so funny with him right next to puts his hand on his like. This is like straight out of like a like a mafia movie, which is funny because it's Riley, of course, too. Where it's like, this is like Goodfellas, like where they're telling getting uh, Tommy DeVito made and stuff. This is like hilarious. Um, Just the chutzpah to be able to say that with a straight face, oh, yeah. though, honestly, like that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, everyone in the league <laughs> knew that they were shopping him for Dame, and if they, they could do that trade, they would do it in a New York minute. Oh yeah, for sure. So I, him saying that is so funny. Oh, I mean, he did have the hilarious uh, released press conference that said "F Danny Ainge" with the actual F bomb in it, which was like Riley's so funny sometimes. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, the like, heroes played well. He's got he's averaging over twenty two points uh, per game so far this season. He's been there. Uh, he's their leading scorer on the Heat, so he's had like a. He's had a good start to the season after a lot of people were like, oh, is a team better without Tyler Hero because they made it to the finals without him or whatever? And he's kind of like, I know he's, he's, he's probably more of a regular season than a postseason guy, but like, you still got to show out, right? You know, you can't yeah. not. So he's been pretty good so far. And then, yeah, I was going to talk about Halliburton and the Pacers too. And like, um, Halliburton, huge fan. He's a huge fan of, uh, Quick Trip, which is a sort of like a Seven Eleven type of chain back in uh, Wisconsin and some of the Midwest area, he used to tweet about it all the time. He's from uh, Oshkosh, so uh, yeah, I think the key is just uh, Southeast Wisconsin basketball players. That's why he's so good. We're just thriving out there. Uh, Looney, you know, I think you know we joke so much. I got to give an insight into our uh, hilarious uh, group chat. Was I was like. What if we had brought Looney to the to FIBA? Would we win the gold medal? <laughs> I was just like, I was so in it. <laughs> that was like he's, kind of a <laughs> he is massively underrated. And this is where I wish Eric was on, is that like he would be able to speak <laughs> much more uh specifically than I would. But I I think Looney is like one of the one of the bedrock, like foundational pieces to why the Warriors are consistently as good as they are. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that. Oh, he's, he's so he's, good. For that contract, he is absurdly underrated. He's a rebounding machine. He's a brick. He's like so thick. And he, this is so important. He knows his role. <laughs> like he's not yep. like, he doesn't yep. care that he never gets the ball passed to him. Oh, he also, he can't finish because he's got no hops anymore. They don't, they don't, they, <laughs> you have Steph Curry on your team. You don't need a finisher. Like, exactly. It's like, he just knows what to do. Like, oh, I wish we had. I know I'm on the sauce, but I wish we had brought him to uh, FIBA instead of Walker Kessler because we would have played him and it would have just went so much better. Like, I, I don't think he would have played, um, but I wish we had tried to bring him like and I, I hope we consider him for the freaking Olympics because like you need yeah. guys who are like because we're going to have him beat, obviously, assuming I, he's, he's healthy. I think but. that take is completely reasonable. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. No, JJJ was not. Um, yeah, and he, he not can't good. play. Yeah, he can't play center in FIBA. Uh, I mean, he just can't do well, it. Well, he he's can good. for about eight minutes, and then he's <laughs> and then he's on the bench with four fouls. That's true. Yeah, um, yeah. The the minus one foul for him really talk about a player that really 
gets hurt by that, and uh, he doesn't know how to rebound, despite how freaking tall he is. <laughs> and Looney, he's just like a vacuum cleaner out there. He just gets so many rebounds. Um, but anyway, we're we're way off. We're way off topic here. No, I don't know. It turns out that rebounding is not necessarily about jumping high. I will just I'll just throw that out there. Oh, you know that from experience. <laughs> <laughs> that uh that brick wall man being a brick wall helps you on the rebound um now we'll, we'll move on to other things but uh yeah. i i like your loony defeba take i think that's a solid take though so <laughs> you, you stick with it um i've got a i've got a fun one and this is one that like this is when you when you see the train coming from like miles away and then you start to hear the train and then the train finally arrives and it's and it's every every bit as disappointed as you thought it would be. And that is uh, James Harden on the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Ah, I almost had this one. I thought about it. But, uh, I, I mean, I had to, I like, I knew I'm like, I understand why they made the trade. I want to be clear. Like trades happen in the context. Their two star players are never healthy at the same time or really for long enough for them to ever be a viable contender. Although on paper, they've been a contender for like, you know, however many years now I get why they did it. But and I understand it's only two games again, small sample size. But like when people are like, "Wow, it, their offense looks clunky or awkward or whatever," and it's like, "Yeah, you have PG, Kawhi, Westbrook, and Harden on the floor at the same time," and you're like, "Yeah, it's we don't really have offensive flow." And it's like, <laughs> "Look at who! Like, how would you think that that would be a good idea? You have Paul George in the corner, like." Like he's uh, a freaking like uh, minimum contract three and D. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's yeah. such a ridiculous thing to do. Why would you mm. do that? Yeah, I mean, uh, was it again? I was listening to a podcast. I think it was Zach Lowe was mentioning it that they had a possession where like the ball never got passed to anybody. We just stood around and it was like two guys yeah. moved around the hall. Like one guy set a screen and hard. Lowe brings this up all the time, and he's right about this. Harden has got to actually shoot the damn catch-and-shoot threes. He does not, like, he has forgotten how to do it for some reason, probably because he never did it in Houston. But it's like, when he gets the ball, like, he's got to do it because he he's still good at shooting three-pointers. Like, yeah. uh, But he what he does is he then puts the ball on the ground, like, pump fakes, and then takes a bad three-pointer that's contested. It's like, dude, just shoot the ball. Like, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it, it is absurd, as you said, because... Uh, it's just none of that works. And like, I know that you mentioned earlier the the idea of championship or bust being a, a, an illusion for most teams. This is not one of those teams because that was the whole point of making their 2019 trade was like, and everything they've done since then is to win a title and all the money Steve Ballmer is spending. I know I, I showed you his dividends make him $400 million a year from Microsoft, which is absurd, but it's like he's spending the money on the team for a reason, right? Because the their goal, everything they're doing is trying to win a title, and it's like, we want to win a title. We have Kawhi Leonard, you know, two-time finals MVP. Um, we've got, you know, Paul George. Uh, we've got Russell Westbrook. I need to add a player known for title moxie, for playoff performance. Mm-hmm. Who's going to get... James oh. Harden. It's like, oh. what? It hurts. <laughs> It hurts my basketball-loving heart to hear, <laughs> even hear you utter that sentence. It's just, yeah, no. Oh, my God. This is the God. thing about chasing the big names. And I, <laughs> I almost had in this category instead of James Harden. It was actually just going to call this the death of the super team. Because, like, can we oh, finally yeah. put a stake in the heart of that idea that you just 
that like roster construction is you go to BB reference and you sort by like <laughs> pick a category, right? And sort like by and go, okay, if we just get all four of those guys on the same team, that means we win, right? And that's honestly on some level how uh. these teams are being constructed. And you're like, anyone that actually follows the games is like, yeah, so it turns out that turning Paul George into a stand in the corner and shoot a catch and shoot three once every seven possessions when you actually touch the ball. And oh, by the way, Paul George, you're never going to dribble ever again. Like, <laughs> you see the problem that you've uh. just created on your team when you do that. Yeah, and it's like, also, and, and people, have, I think, rightly pointed this out, that Westbrook last year accepted his role as the third banana on that team and did what he needed to do. It's like, now that you brought Harden in, and it's like, we'll get to another point about this. It's like, uh, are you going to ask Westbrook to take another step down? Like, at what point is he just going to check out? And, like, we saw... I just, this is what I don't understand. So, yeah, we saw Harden and Westbrook go to a finals, like, 20 years ago, basically, it feels like at this point, <laughs> on, yeah. on a Thunder team. And then we saw them team up again on Houston. Did people forget how that went? That was horrible. That did not work at all. They, they did not. As soon as they could, they got out of there. And it was like, yeah, what we got to do is reunite this pairing because it's so successful. Oh, my God. I just don't understand the logic. It just, it, it just, uh, nothing about so it. Makes sense. I, I do want to say this about Westbrook. And I, I like that you touched on the whole, like, you know, uh, like they they can't just let him check out. Like I I I think that Westbrook went full circle in terms of the NBA. Uh, you know, the kind of collective perspective on him, where I think he became like obviously like I, he was not my MVP of the year he won it. I think that was ridiculous. I understand everyone's like, oh, triple double, triple double, and it's like, yeah, you use like ninety percent of your team's possessions, and lo and behold, you get a triple triple double. Like that doesn't mean that that team was any good. That doesn't mean that he should be automatically MVP. Whatever. Like I think he was massively overrated for a long time, and then there was this backlash after the Houston debacle where everyone's like, oh, he's crashed, he's washed up, whatever. And like I think it's come full circle where I actually think he's underrated now. And you look at the way he finally accepted his role on the Clippers, and I think he's actually a, a, like a, a good player, and he is doing the right things that you want someone in that position to do to make the team better. But to your point, now that Harden's on it, like you, you throw all that, you're you're risking throwing all that, yeah, out right, and just saying, oh, now mm-hmm. we're back to square one. We're like, it's it's an awkward fit, and then how does he you know, like? How do you have, I mean, the, the four guys that I mentioned, right? It's like you have those guys in your roster. Of course, you're going to put like be tempted to put them on the floor at the same time, but they're going to have to stagger those guys. And even then, like you have a team with that much talent and just watching their offense is painful. I don't know. I can't even articulate it, but like it's such an yeah. awful, awful collection offensively where and you have like the players are way too good to have the offense be that bad but it is because it like teams are not just like you know uh the clippers are the ultimate on paper team right like you take the players on paper and you go oh the team the outcome should be this that's not actually how basketball works yeah it's the old classic there's only one basketball type of thing too it's like they got Three guys for sure who like really need the ball to like make stuff happen: Harden, Westbrook, and Kawhi, and George to an extent, but he he can play off the ball some more. But it's like, yeah, it's just, it doesn't you can't. And then also like, Zubats has not been very good this year, but 
and I've liked him in the past, and he's struggling. But it's like, so you're going to play a lineup, because he, he's got to play. I mean, they don't have any center, because now uh, Plumlee is injured. And so it's like, so you're going to play Zubots, and you're going to play Russell Westbrook. Yeah, You're going to have right. two guys who can't shoot the ball at all out there? Like, talk yeah. about, like, screwing up your spacing, too, right? Yeah, no, it's death. It's death to let the other team's defense load up on you like that. Yeah, it's like, as good as I think Kawhi still can be, I mean, last year I thought he was going to, if he didn't get injured, like, they could have beaten the Suns with Kawhi. Like, he was going nuts again. And it's like, he he, he can't beat double team every single time because they're like, uh, we just don't care about Zubats or we don't care about Westbrook, just like, whatever. You know, like, yeah, I mean, I just don't, I almost had him on my list here for the kind of very similar reasons. I just don't understand what they're thinking in terms of the, the team building strategy. And like, I know that they're all in. I, I know that it's like, oh, well, Harden can help us reduce the load on PG and Kawhi in the regular season. But it's like, if those guys aren't healthy in the playoffs, it's freaking. It doesn't matter. Harden, Harden yeah, is not taking them matter. anywhere. It's, yeah, it's it, all about it's all about the arena in Inglewood. I, I get it. I think and, so. Yeah. And I'm not going to cry for Balmer spending all that money because he's a billionaire <laughs> and he doesn't yeah. he doesn't need anyone's sympathy. But that, that's what the money that for, team yeah. is is just a disaster in terms of roster construction. Like, yeah. And the new CBA is not going to do them any favors either. But anyway, let, let's let's segue into speaking of your list. Let's segue into what's what's next up on your list. Okay. Um. I had, you mentioned super teams and the death of super teams. I had KD on here for uh, feeling bad because, uh, have you checked to see how many games Bradley Beal and Devin Booker have played so far? Great Uh, segue, sir. Great segue. I love it. Does not seem good. Uh, Beal, he he just came back for his first game and uh, he didn't play the OT. He didn't play very well, but I mean, like, I mean, that's not surprising, right? Um, you know, first game back, players usually don't play very well coming off of injury, so I'm not concerned about that. But it's like you know his his actual performance, but the fact that he's missed games already this year, and the fact that Booker has been on and off playing injured, like KD has got to be looking at this again and being like, okay, so let's chart his career here. So he leaves uh, Oklahoma City and Westbrook. You know, they they lose that really close um, conference finals series against the Warriors and then he goes and joins the Warriors and he wins the two titles he's the best player on the team he's got his final MVPs but it's not rewarding for him uh you know it's never his team Draymond is talking shit to him and all that stuff and so he's like I gotta go else I gotta have my own team uh I want to be the man I want to have like a different environment so he's like I'm gonna join the Nets uh you know they've got they've built this nice kind of core uh, I'm going to go play with Kyrie Irving. And then, uh, you know, that Kyrie, like, well, KD's coming off the Achilles. You know, uh, he comes back, you know, things with Kyrie. And then it's like, you know, we're going we're gonna to make this big trade for James Harden. We're going to have this big three. And people, Zach Lowe, as he's called them, the greatest theoretical basketball team on paper. They look so good. The games they play together, they're killing teams. They get to that postseason. They... Who did they annihilate? The Bulls? I forget who they annihilated in that that uh, first series or whatever. They looked good. Close. And then they show up against the Bucks, and then James Harden gets the hamstring tear. Then Kyrie Irving steps on a guy's on a, on a somebody's foot. I think it was a rest foot. 
sprains his ankle. KD tries to carry him to, but he can't get him over the hump in Game Seven. And it's like, damn, you know, if they had just, you know, that they were so close there. Uh, and then the next season happens. They got all that back stuff going on, and then James Harden requests a trade. Katie's got to be looking like our team was almost like this juggernaut. We destroyed teams when we all three played together, and now it's breaking up because my teammates are losing their minds. So he's like, I, I demand a trade to the Suns, and then he goes to play with Booker, who's like this. Real, I mean, we can talk about Booker, but he, I think he might be. He's probably the best two guard in the league, and like. Then they're like, okay, to play with that last year, unfortunately, you know, not quite, can't quite get there to get that Nuggets series. They have a, a couple great games by him, but not good enough. Aiton, you know, the usual stuff. It's so like, okay, let's make this big, let's get involved in these big trades. Let's get uh, Beal. Let's, uh, you know, let's excise uh, Aiton for Nurkic. And then Katie's got to look at the team again. It's like, okay. And, and this is what he's looking at again. And I'm like, oh my god, what is what is up with Katie's life? He must just feel horrible. Like, oh my god. All of a like, sudden, being uh, having to put up with Draymond's BS on the Warriors probably looks kind of nice right now. I know, right? Like, his career arc is so crazy. And uh, once again, we're looking at another team where it's like, again, trying to build a super team, and it's not working because these guys are not healthy. They're four and four right now. They are playing the Lakers tonight. Uh, it's Friday, and this is one of the in-season tournament games. Uh, but it's like, oh my god, what must this guy think? Like, he's old. He's been injured a bunch of times now, and he's got. I mean, he's got to win now. And his teammates once again cannot stay healthy. I just like penny for his thought, huh? Yeah, but I, I do think the super team thing, like to tie it back in to, you know, the, the last segment we were just discussing, like, I think it's super risky, right? When you go for these yeah. guys that have a lot of miles on their NBA tires and mm-hmm. they aren't necessarily the most reliable guys to begin. Like when everyone's take was positive on the deal trade and I like, I hate to say it, but this is one of I those like, really some moments. Like I, I was like, no, like deal has, has played like 60% of his games in the last couple of, like he's not durable and you're at, you're taking a team that is not very durable and you're making it thinner. Like they lost a bunch mm-hmm. of, and of course it's a bunch of guys where people are like, Oh, whatever you can lose those guys. It doesn't matter. You got Beal. And it's like, well, if you have Beal who's playing half of the games, then it turns out that other depth that you traded for Beal is very relevant because yeah. you won't have it anymore. <laughs> Yeah. But I, I understand that they couldn't wait to get rid of Aiton, but like I don't like Nurkic on that team. I don't think that Me is either. a good uh, solution at center. Now, he's injured all the time, too, so it's again, Which it's is, like, why I mean, would you get another like guy Phoenix, with injury history? Phoenix is, the, is like the new, um, you know... Yeah, it's it's the West Coast like all time injured. They've taken that crown from from uh, the Clippers at this point, probably. Like, yeah, it's so we have in- injury problems. It's so crazy because Booker was the guy too who you would have expected. Like, oh, he'll probably get injured at least because he's young. It's like, oh no, Booker's injured. It's like, oh my god. And you know, Beal. When was the last time that guy played meaningful minutes? That's that's my big thing for him too. It's like, know, like five yeah, everybody... or six years ago, probably. Like exactly. Everybody talks about like you know his numbers, his his skill set, but it's like, dude, have we ever seen Beal in like a big moment recently? It's like no, and that would worry me if I were them. <laughs> and yeah, you know, that's an addition to all the other the injury stuff. And yeah, I, 
if I'm KD, I just cannot be feeling good about the situation again. You got to be looking at it and being like, I tried to do this again, the super team thing, and it's it's still not working out. It only ever worked out for him the one time, I, I you know, in uh, Golden State. And and uh, let's forget, let's let's not forget, R.I.P. the super team that never was the Oklahoma City Thunder when they had. Freaking three future MVPs on the team and their owners cheaped out on the team one year too soon. Um, oh my god! Well, so, they and they probably made the wrong bet too, right? Because they gave money to Ibaka instead of Harden. In an yeah, respect. that was that was probably a mistake. But I, I mean, who knows? It's easy to counterfactual, but like I, getting back to like you see the current day Clippers and you go, well, there's only one basketball, and like I don't know, maybe that was never going to work with who the, knows? Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, I, I do think the new CBA is going to actually put nails in the coffin to the super team, con- like at least what we thought we've thought of it in the past. Like, I just I don't agree. even think it's going to be theoretically possible to do anymore. Yeah, the money is going to be too hard to to figure out, and then it's going to be so limiting on the moves you can make. Yeah, the no, well, the no aggregation I think was specifically put in place for that because then, like, yeah, like. I think the 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 Mori the Daryl Mori thing was like oh you all like superstars are what matters they're the ones that win win championships I don't disagree with that by the way but like his philosophy that I think a lot of other teams adopted is you you shoot for the moon on getting superstars and then if you have to like dump them in trades later you just you worry about that down the road but like the no aggregation thing when you're on that second apron means you're totally stuck yeah and uh, losing the losing all the uh... Um, mid-level stuff too. I think is yeah super punishing as well. Um, yeah, totally. So yeah, uh, basically, my words. I just think Kevin Durant's got to be looking at the situation and being like, again, <laughs> my team yeah. is falling apart around me. So uh, well, let me let me segue off of that, and we touched on it on the Durant thing, but like, I'm gonna go back to the Warriors here, and this is in honor of you know pour a uh, pour some out for our comrade Eric, who couldn't be here. But uh, I did not like the CP3 trade for the Warriors, but I get to say that I was wrong. Um, I got this too. It's, uh, I think he really, like, their second, they they have a bench unit now, which they haven't had for a couple years. Mm -hmm. Honestly, their bench last year was really bad. And uh, he can come in and anchor the, the second unit, and he has more freaking steals than turnovers at this point, which is amazing mm-hmm. um just yeah he's and he didn't really cause too much of a fuss when they switched to having him come off the bench sometimes and he can play he can adjust to some extent when he is playing with the starters and he can definitely like he obviously knows how to run a bench unit uh really well and he brings he brings out i think the best in a lot of their younger guys like kaminga and um moody moody thank you moses moody um yeah just really i did not think it was going to go as well as it did so i i was wrong but it's interesting i also like i said i also had this as a feel good was the words had to feel good about this uh cp3 bench unit stuff for years one of their biggest problems with the non-steph minutes were basically an apocalypse <laughs> and yeah, they were totally. so bad awful so it, like they could not survive him being on the bench and having CP3 anchor this bench unit and run it has just absolutely changed, I think, the t- entire complexion of the team. 
Um, as far as the regular season goes, who knows how, what this means for the postseason because you don't play bench units as much. But uh, well, and, and it, let's be honest, like, do do we know that CP3 is going to be healthy by the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a big uh, yeah big point there. Uh, maybe him playing less is going to like that. Maybe maybe will be key to him actually making it through a postseason run. You never know. But like, I I have been very impressed by what he has done to help stabilize one of the biggest weaknesses of the team. Uh, you know, I think if I were to say the three big weaknesses of the Warriors would have been like their classic is they turn the ball over too much. They don't have enough size, so when they run up against like huge teams, it's going to be a problem. And there was always their non-Steph minutes. They've at least taken one of those off the board, I think. Um, I, I I think too. I, I you know like he he helps with the turnovers and he, help, he he helps with the the non stuff minutes. So like he does he does not help at all in the size. But honestly, like who <laughs> who was who was solving Denver this year anyway? Yeah, I mean yeah, uh, Looney and Draymond are just going to have to be the way that they play for their bigs. I mean they just don't have a lot of. Choice. And I, I I honestly think that you. You just hope that Steph Curry like goes super sighing and just starts bombing from forty feet oh, and yeah. hits everything, right? Like that's like if I'm Steve Curry, that's my oh, like what's your strategy <laughs> against Denver? You just go, well, three is worth more than two, and if <laughs> Steph shoots, you know, twenty three for twenty seven from three, we could win. Right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? Maybe Draymond can like piss off. Uh, Jokic somehow, you never know. Um, oh, oh, there we go. Some bo- some below the belt strategy. See if you can get him get a couple texts on him. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago, uh, when the Warriors won the title, they played the Nuggets, and Jokic got ejected from one of the games. He got so mad. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I know that they he had the shell of a team, and that's why he was mad. But um, Draymond is infuriating. So yeah, yep, it. yep. Uh, and then I also had uh, the rise of Kaminga and Moody as actual rotation players. Last year, they really needed those guys to step up, and they weren't ready yet. But yeah. they have looked much better this year. I don't know how much it has to do with CP3, just general improvement. You know, um, Things might be falling more into place uh, with, the, uh, with them excising pool from the team in terms of just like pecking order and... Uh, shot allocation and ball by subtraction yeah. yet again, right? Yep. So, um, yeah, Warriors got to be feeling good about where they are, and you know, I agree that Denver is going to be very hard to beat. But the Warriors are a team that's got big game experience in Moxie, so uh, you can never really count them out, right? You know. No, I agree. I mean, that core, right? Um, it's. Obviously, Clay has had an up. It's early, but like he's had an up and down season. He hit the game winner, but then there's other games where he looks kind of. I was going to say not himself, but I guess we have to accept that players, you know, change over the course of their career. And in my mind, there's this, uh, you know, Steph Clay idealized model that I have in my mind that to to a large extent uh, this this year so far, Curry is living up to, but I, I feel like Clay is not doesn't have the consistency that he used to have. And I'm sure the injuries that he suffered, which were major is part of that, but it's just, I, I do feel like it's difficult to, to bet against healthy, assuming they are healthy come playoff time, you know, clay, clay, curry, Draymond. That's, that's such a solid core. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those where you got to, 
you got to see him die, right? Before you stop believing in him, because just like, yeah, we've seen him have so much success uh, that it's hard not to um, just believe that it's going to continue happening. I guess. I mean, barring barring AD be, becoming obviously the best defensive player in the league during the playoffs last year, I think the Warriors had a shot against the Lakers, and you know, in that series, like I, the Warriors yeah. have been there more years than not. So yeah, it is hard to bet against them. Yeah, the Lonnie Walker game, remember that one too? <laughs> oh my god, that was like talk about an outlier game, right? <laughs> and this is exactly why when people are, uh, you know, have like a a very optimistic take on the Lakers while I just roll my eyes. It's like, yeah, 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 you definitely you put all your chips on the Lonnie Walker. Uh, <laughs> you know. That's going to come up again in the playoffs, I guarantee it. Definitely oh, yeah. you want to bet on that. Mm-hmm. I guess for me, let's move from teams that we've seen have a lot of success with a great core. And we actually just talked about a core of three. Uh, Clay, Draymond, and Steph to a core of three that I have zero belief in and don't understand what this team is doing. And this core is Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Vucevic. I still don't understand what the Bulls are doing. I have not understood what the Bulls have been doing for years. I I have brought this up like many times and I just don't get it. And I don't know. I mean, I've been for like a long time been trying to like be like, why don't they trade DeRozan? Why don't they trade DeRozan? Why don't they trade DeRozan? Because of his contract. And it's like, are we gonna let Demar? Are we not gonna trade Demar Derozan into the Bulls? Are we gonna like? Is is he gonna become a, an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year? And you're gonna get nothing for him? Like, I don't understand. Like, are you gonna re-sign him to a big contract? Because like, yeah, you've really gone far with this core, and it he's really worth another big deal. So you can do nothing again. I just don't understand anything that the Bulls are doing right now. The three and six right now, so they're also bad too. So it's like. I just th- these players and and they signed Vucevic to that de- uh, another extension yeah. recently. I just don't get what this team is and doing. When you when you hear what they said after they signed Vooch oh to that god. new deal, and you're just like, oh my gosh, talk about delusional. Yeah, I just you know we talked about I I, I mentioned just in the division we were, when we were talking about the uh, um, Pacers. So we said. The Bucks are better than the Pacers. I said the Cavs should be better than the Pacers this year because they were, you know, in theory, like they have more experienced players that have been of schedule. Then we were like, that we really like the Pacers. That's three teams in the Central Division, just the Central Division that are better than the yeah. Bulls. And then it's them yeah. and then it's the Pistons. And the Pistons are one of the worst teams in the league again. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what do the Bulls think? I don't understand. It's I, I think there's I think there's a DeRozan midseason trade coming, honestly. There has to or I mean or maybe Levine, but I I feel like DeRozan is the yeah. one. Um I, I I think that's coming. There's there's a couple players that are like on the block in my mind. I mentioned Heald earlier, but I definitely think DeRozan is another one of those on the block guys. And and I, depending on where he goes, he could he could even there could be playoff implications there, right? Like he's he's still a good player. Yeah. Yeah, he he's a good player. So it's like if a team felt that they were a piece away, DeRozan actually could be the piece away type of player. Like he can uh, we we saw it a couple of years ago. He still got buckets in him and he still makes shots. I know he doesn't shoot threes at all. He's allergic to him, but like DeRozan's a good player. 
I, I, I don't, I'm not a big Levine guy, so I don't think I would touch him and I wouldn't want that yeah. contract, but well, not, not with that contract either. No, I just, um, I, who knows? Like I wouldn't be shocked if they traded him just because I'm not shocked with anything they do because they signed Vucevic to this huge deal and they go, yeah, we think he's one of the best centers in the NBA. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> cause it, like, what game are you watching? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was exactly. I was like, <laughs> I can think of six or seven centers off the top of my head that I would rather have before Vucevic. And then if I think for another five minutes, I can think of like several more. So like, I know that sounds really harsh, but I, I guess know. it is really harsh, but like you can't pay him that kind of money and be like, no, we got one of the best centers in the NBA. No, you didn't. That's crazy talk. Like, no, I mean, again, in the central Brooke Lopez, better than Vucevic, Miles Turner, better, uh, yeah. Jalen Duran, better. Yep. Uh, Jarrett Allen, better. Like yep. we could just we could go to like yeah. more teams. Just go to East. every other team's <laughs> center and be like, yes, better, <laughs> right? Like it's like it's not that hard. I just I don't understand what they are thinking. And uh, I mean, the play and I honestly think they have a player on their roster that they definitely need to be putting on the block because what they could get for this player would be it would probably surprise you what they could get. And that guy, he is. The Caruso Scott, okay? Oh, <laughs> um, Caruso, so many teams would want him because he is an v- excellent defender. He's one of the best like wing defenders in the league. He can shoot the ball. He doesn't need the ball. Like that was when when the Lakers traded him, I said it on one of the podcasts, and I was like, the reason why Caruso was so important to the Lakers because he knew what passing the ball was. Because yeah. <laughs> when they got rid and of him, they didn't have anybody who could pass the ball. About standing in the corner and shooting when he got the ball, and otherwise running back and playing defense. Like having a yeah. guy like that on your team is really valuable. <laughs> exactly. Like I think the Sixers, it's because they just made those big, the, all that, all got those assets. They would love to make a move for Caruso. That would be a huge move if they could get him. A yeah. team that would want him but has no assets to get him as the Bucs would really want him. I mean, there's so many teams that would want Caruso. Even a team like Denver would want him, even though they're, like, already good. Like, yeah, just become better, right? <laughs> you know? Uh, like, yeah, he would be so in demand of teams if the Bulls put him on the table. Like, you remember when <laughs> the Raptors were like, we want, like, three picks for OG? It's like, Caruso could get, I, I don't think he could get three first round picks, but it's like, we saw Caruso in an NBA finals. Like, we know he can get it done. We saw him win. So it's like, and he's got a great deal. That's the other thing too, really important. He's got a really team-friendly deal. So yeah, like, there are crazier trades than two, two first round picks for Caruso. I mean, the right two picks, obviously, with probably right. protections or whatever. But like, no, I... We're we're definitely on the same page in terms of roster construction. Is you don't you don't do super team. You don't just put a bunch of guys that all need the ball. Having a guy that plays defense that can shoot that doesn't need the ball. Like yes, 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 all day every day. Mm-hmm. I will take a guy like that on my team. Yeah. So I think the Bulls they need to blow it up. They don't realize it. I don't know how they don't realize it. Again, they're currently three and six. The only teams worse in the East than them are the Washington Wizards and the Detroit Pistons. Like, mm. come Ouch. on. Like, Ouch. wake up. You know? Um, you gotta blow it up. There's yep. just... Uh, yeah. Um, enough said about a terrible team, the Bulls. <laughs> Why don't you uh, give me well, your... I'm gonna segue from bad into bad, and this one is not oh, as much about okay. 
questionable um, <laughs> front office decisions is honestly just kind of some bad luck um, is Memphis. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, job ja being boneheaded. I don't know if you call that bad luck or <laughs> how you could see that ahead of time. But like, yeah, we don't need to go into detail about all of his uh, various mistakes in life that are not basketball related. But let's just say he's made more than one and yeah. he's not playing for a while. And then honestly, it really hurt them. The uh, season ending ending injury to Steven Adams. Like he was yep. on, like one of those. It's funny. We were talking like we just were talking with Crusoe, like obviously, um, totally different position, totally different role on the team, but like big man who plays defense gets every freaking rebound imaginable. He's like one of those loony types where any rebound within 10 feet of him is Steven Adams's rebound sets the most bone crunching screens probably mm-hmm. in the league. Right. Selfish guy um, in the league, right? <laughs> nobody wants to mess with him. Right. Of all the guys that like you ask any NBA players, like who would you not mess with on a court? I'm sure half of them would name Steven Adams because, like, that's a guy that you do not mess with. <laughs> and him, him, them, you know, Memphis losing him to a season ending injury is one of the reasons why they look really freaking bad right now. Um, yeah. And obviously, not having Ja, who's their best player, like, I get it, there's other things, but also JJJ is, I think, uh, overrated, and FIBA kind of showed that and can't stay on the court because he fouls too much, and there's a lot of other things. But yeah, Memphis is just really not in a good place right now yeah for them uh the adams thing what really hurt them about that and the reason why they had to get yambo of all people to help save them is triple j as we said can't play center like he just fouls too much and he doesn't rebound so like they need him they you need a big next to him and losing adams it was like okay uh so it's xavier tillman time like he's like an okay player, he's nice, but he ain't a starting center in the league. Um, yeah. And then you're kind of looking at the roster, and you're like, some some of their their recent picks have not been as good as we had hoped. Like Aldama has kind of looked okay, you know. Um, Ravi is really Roddy. not doing anything. Yeah, Roddy, like he's too small. You know, it's like, yeah, they just haven't really. Zaire Williams has not really made what we thought, so it's like, yeah. And then I think they had some more injuries too. They had, you know, Brendan Clark, of course, last year late in the season. That was a really bad one that hurt him a lot. Yep. Um, I think Conchar got injured for him too. I think. Um, yeah, they, they've had they've been bitten by the injury bug, but it's it's also showing some some flaws in there in their construction too, is that like, mm-hmm. I think they got, they, they started to evolve into a too much. I don't know if I want to say, you know, Morant centric, but like, there's just something off about the way that team works as a team. And then now they're just relying on Bane to do way too much. And he's a, he's a good player. I like Bane, but like, you mm-hmm. can't have him be your, your go-to guy on offense. That's just not going to, that's not going to win enough NBA games. Yeah, because Marcus Smart has not really worked out for them so far this year. And, I mean, I know one of the big acquisitions is Derrick Rose. Again, that guy is, like, ancient. <laughs> yeah. And I think the Smart trade could have worked out, right? I mean, like, they... they it still can, I think. Yeah. They, when Morant comes back, Smart, I think, is going to look better, right? Part of, mm-hmm. part of this is, like, guys in roles that they should not be in. Yep. 
Um, but I also think that I don't think that they're going to suddenly become an amazing team when Morant comes back. I, I think they still have issues. And Adams, like that's that's a season-ending one. I, I guess is Clark healthy now? I don't know. I can't keep no. track did, the health he have, of this team because they're constantly injured. I want to say, did he? He either had an ACL or an Achilles. He had he had some really long. Yeah, he's still he's still out. So yeah, they're they're just down too many guys. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. That's 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 exactly the way to put it. They are relying on too many guys who aren't fit for the roles that they're in. You said it the good way when you when you put it that way. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's they're in for a tough season. It's uh, and the problem for them because they're one and eight right now is, man, it's gonna be really hard for them. The, the, at the pace they're going for, by the time Ja comes back with 25 games, are they going to have, like, six wins? Like, Man. even if Ja plays out of his mind and is, like, MVP-level stuff, he has to dig them out of such a big hole to to get them into, like, probably play-in position. Like, yep. it's going to be tough. They've really got to turn it around quickly, and I just don't, as you mentioned, I just don't see where it's coming from. I don't see how they can, like... They just don't have the guys to, to turn it around as quickly as they need to. It's like they're looking at a year from hell type of thing. You know, sometimes teams have this yeah. like with the Warriors had that the one year they had the year from hell. And it's just like. I think the Grizzlies are going to have. They are having it. So, like, <laughs> I guess that's not I'm not saying anything's profound here, you know. Um, well, what was next on your list? So, okay, let's let's continue this uh feeling bad and possibly year from hell stuff. Let's talk about the Bucks here. Let's get to it finally. Whoa. People probably, people have been waiting. My my character who feels bad is specifically Adrian Griffin. I think he Whoa. is feeling some heat. Um, he was on my list. I love it. I love it. So, obviously being a first year head coach is always hard in the league, right? There's a lot to learn. It's even harder to be a first-year head coach on a team that wants to win a title, and I think things are cracking at the seams under him right now. There's a lot of things to go over here. And so before I criticize him uh, and some of the things that have happened with the Bucks so far, I, I want to point something out very clear um, that I think a lot of people have not noticed or thought about, is that this was not the team he was coached to hire. Uh, so when Adrian Griffin was, still, was was hired, they built this roster with Drew Holiday, and they built they still had this defensive like mindset, and then they traded him. Uh, so, and then they were like, "That's not our, that's not our mindset anymore." So they built this, but and um, what I wanted to bring up was, so uh, if people are not familiar with how like European um, soccer works or European football so works. There's like transfer windows, so you can bring in new players in like the summer and then in the winter. But then during parts of the season, you can't do it at all. And what's always interesting is that the summer transfer window always ends partway into the season. So like, it's a uh, few weeks into the season, and you can still bring guys in, which is kind of weird. Uh, for for I'm specifically speaking for England. Um, and what always drove me mad as an Arsenal fan was Arsenal would wait to the very end of the transfer window and bring guys in, and the problem was then 
Now you're trying to bring guys in and get them ready into your team. The season has started so late, whereas if you bring them in at the beginning of the transfer window, in the beginning of the summer, you have a whole summer to work with them and build strategy and get used to them. And that's the problem with the Bucks is they built a team, and then very late, they pivoted to the Dame Lillard version of the team. And so for Adrian Griffin on the fly to have to figure this out, this would be hard for any coach. I think if we still had Bud, this would still be difficult for him to be like, we just completely changed the identity of the team. And so that is my caveat for everything I'm about to say is I think that they hired him to coach a different team with a different strategy, which might have worked if he had the, those players still. Because, like, we don't know. But he's been terrible. <laughs> he's been awful. Like, uh, he's been really bad for them. Uh, we can talk about his defensive strategy. Like, it, it, it makes no sense. Like, the Bucks have now changed a little bit. It's like they've went back to the drop because the players requested it. But like, yeah, he it's had not a good sign, some- by the way, when the players have to tell players. the coach which de- which defensive system you should have. I know it's that's it's worrying. But like, so guess what? Brooke Lopez, he's amazing at the rim. Brooke Lopez is thirty five. He's not very fast. <laughs> so like, having him so far up is not a good idea because he's gonna get blown by. It's like, yes. Part of the problem with the way that Bud would often play the drop was Brooke would not come up enough, but it's like, well, we don't need him at the three-point line. We need him just up, like, take one step up, <laughs> you know? That's what we needed, a slight adjustment. And, like, his defensive scheme has not worked at all. They're, like, net rating, I think they're, like, 27th. They're, they're or, uh, in, not sorry, net rating, in a defensive rating, like, 27th. They're terrible. They're awful on defense. They can't do anything, like, and part of the problem is, they leaned in on getting these other players because, like, oh, we have Drew. He'll cover up some of these things, and now we don't have Drew anymore. So, like, Malik Beasley out there, that's not going to happen. Pat Connaughton, uh, his best days are are behind him. Like, Jay Crowder, pff, that guy's old and washed. Like, Bobby Porter's always been a minus. You know, like, uh, campaign. Like, these guys, none of these guys are good defenders. They have no good wing defenders. They have no good perimeter defenders. Yeah, so it's like... That's not working. That strategy was not working. You know, the whole, like, before the season, you asked me in the chat about the Terry Stotts thing, and I wasn't quite sure. I was like, I don't know, it seems not good. But from what we basically heard, sounds like not promising stuff is basically that the the story I heard was that um, Griffin wanted to do a, like, coach-like meeting, but, like, Dame and Giannis were in a conversation with Stotts, and Griffin yelled at him in front of everybody, and Stotts was like, F this, I'm out of here. And, like, he just can't... It, it sounds like a guy who's a little insecure and doesn't have good man management skills, and he, he yeah. didn't like the, the prospect of having Stotts there because Stotts was too close to Dame, is kind of what it comes across well, to me Stotts as. Stotts already been an NBA head coach, right? Exactly, right. Yeah, and, like, I understand that the Bucks made that hire agent Griffin didn't, but it's like they made that hire for a reason because as a, as a first-time head coach, you need somebody on the roster who like has been around the block, you know, type of stuff. And yeah. he didn't like it apparently. Like his and and the Bucks still. I I know it's this is it's very early, so we can't say anything. The Bucks offense still drives me mad. There's still things where I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, why is Giannis taking threes still? There was a game he took seven threes, and it was like, what is happening? I mean, he's still averaging, like, three a game. He's shooting, like, 14% from three, and it's like, who was who around to tell him to stop shooting threes? Like, as a, clearly not Adrian Griffin. He didn't do it. And then 
like they still they're not running Dame pick and rolls as much as you would think they would. Like they're hardly running them, and they like bamming that play like every freaking time. It's unguardable. And they they won't do it. And my theory is that Giannis doesn't want to do it. And it's like Giannis would rather have the ball, shoot threes, take his jumpers, you know, do his post ups one on one as opposed to doing this. And it's like someone on the team has got to tell him like Giannis. We won the title when you set a ton of screens for Chris Middleton, and we ran Middleton, Giannis pick and roll, and it got us a title. I know you don't. I know you think you can do all this other stuff. This is what we got to do to win, and someone's got to tell him that. And it's, it ain't going to be Adrian Griffin clearly because he picked Giannis picked him, so he's like going to do whatever Giannis wants. And I'm just like, I'm very frustrated as a Bucks fan. I know we're five and three, so it's like ah, you know, still got a winning record. We're terrible. The Bucks are terrible. Like, they are going to lose in the second round. Like, they're so far below the Celtics and the Sixers. It's ridiculous. Like, they are, the Bucks stink. They're just, like, they're bad. They're not a good team. Like, it's okay, crazy. Okay, let me, let me talk you back from the ledge a little bit. It is, it is early, and whether it's Adrian Griffin or his replacement, there will be a coach of this team that understands that that pick and roll is a weapon. And has a come to Jesus conversation with Giannis where they get through to him that, hey, like, do you want to win or do you want to have the ball in your hand all the time? Because you have a guy that is probably the second best clutch, you know, fourth quarter shooter in the league to to Steph Curry. Right. Oh, yeah. If you build an offense where the defensive attention that you draw, which he draws a ton and rightly so means you kick out to Damian freaking Lillard right there. That single play makes you one of the best offenses in the NBA. And I'm not exaggerating. So the fact that like, and I understand, like, I think you're probably right. Griffin probably doesn't feel confident enough to rock the boat and go to Giannis and do that. But like, this is your job as a coach Mm -hmm. to say, look, we have the potential to be this good and we're not there now because Giannis is bringing the ball up in the fourth quarter and Giannis is making poor decisions in like really critical, we got to score here situations. And you have a guy on your team that makes good clutch decisions. So like, let him do that. Right. Spend three quarters doing Giannis things, but like (laughs) the fourth quarter is Dame time. Like let him do Dame things in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, and for sure, like, okay, to, to walk off the ledge a little bit, I was being a little dramatic, but uh, it's fun. Uh, <laughs> it's like, there's a couple games, the uh, Sixers game, and then two games ago, obviously they lost yesterday, so it couldn't have been that one. Um, well, they would have won if they had Dame yesterday, but because um, he would have closed the game out. Uh, but, like, yeah, Dame was the guy in crunch time. He was the guy with the ball. He was driving. He was going to the line. And, like, one of the things that's... Um, been interesting to watch is how many free throws Dame is getting. He's getting a lot of free throws, and especially late in the game, because everybody fouls Giannis so much during the game because they don't want him to dunk the ball on him and all this, you know, all this stuff. So, like, um, Dame, I forget, there was like some crazy stat where it was like um, comparing Dame and Drew free throws. And it was like the amount of free throws Dame is taking compared to what Drew used to take is like crazy. And like that's such a weapon for the Bucks is yeah. everybody fouls Giannis early, and then Dame is so crafty and clever 
and he knows how to get fouled. And he when he drives away, always going to be in the bonus. Yeah, they're always and and like obviously Giannis. I mean, yesterday he had a crazy one, sixteen of eighteen, and we know that he's a a freaking roller coaster at the free throw line. But like Dame is not, and when he gets to the line late in games, he will ice them, and he will, you know, they will win games from that. So like that is such a weapon that like especially when we we'll see if that works in the postseason. I'm sure it probably will because teams are still going to just hack Giannis like crazy. But like that's something to really watch. I think for them on offense is late game Dame going to the line because he's a, like a career like 90% free throw shooter and that will be a huge huge asset for them and they'll also have Middleton too Middleton also gets fouled a good amount too and he's also like a 90% free throw shooter so it's like I know Giannis is going to shoot 61% from the line and we're going to like be groaning but like those guys won't and it'll be really nice uh, I'm, I'm I am a little I don't know how to feel about like the Dame stuff so far because like he has not shot the ball well for the Bucks, and it's 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 a little concerning because you are like, boy, undersized guard. Uh, could he have hit the yeah. cliff? But also, would... like, he he hasn't he had like no off season, so like, I don't know what to think. Right? It's like he... I, I would hold off on declaring Dame washed. Right? That's like, kind of what I think. Yeah, I, I what I had in, in my notes for Bucks, and it wasn't the team as a whole. It was really more the coach. And, and this is exactly to your point is I would be more likely to say that that is that is a symptom of your offense is not is not a system. I'm going to I'm going to borrow the James Harden like <laughs> I don't play in a system. I am the system. Well, like the Bucks do not have an offensive system. And right. I think that. Like, yes, Dame has missed some shots that he normally would make, granted. But to your point, he didn't really have, a, like, a break at all, right? Like, he didn't really have an offseason, you know, a normal offseason, we can say. Yeah, he didn't and practice with the Blazers at all, so yeah. Exactly. So give him a little bit of time. He'll find his legs. Some of the shots that he's missing now he is going to make. But yes, the more yeah. important thing, and again, this is all is very early, small sample size, but, like, you need a better offensive system. Your offensive system mm-hmm. right now is is not good. Yeah, we need to be, as you say, we need to be spamming to like essentially this combination of either like Giannis pick and roll, Giannis Middleton pick and roll, or Brook pick and roll in those ones. We need to. That's what they need to be running more of. And sure. um, once they figure that out, I think things will look better on offense. That was part of the problem of losing Stotts, too. He's supposed to be the guy who ran the offense, and it's like, oh, guess what? The guy who ran the offense left, like, two days before the season, and they don't know how to run offense. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, I don't, and I'm not convinced that Adrian Griffin is going to suddenly find out how to do that. I I, I guess we'll see, but I, I also think Middleton needs to be healthy. He doesn't look yeah. healthy. I mean, he, he played 20 minutes yesterday, and it was a big deal, which is, like, tells you a lot, right? <laughs> so it's yeah. like, uh, we... Yeah, that's such a big question mark for them. If he plays and he can get back to playing over 30 minutes a game, it completely changes their offense because of his ability to play, make, shoot. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he's a two-way player, and I get that he's older and he's not going to be some amazing lockdown defender, but like the reality is, other than Beauchamp, you know, like obviously Giannis and Brooke are amazing defenders, and that's a solid core to your defense, but like I think one of the reasons why I keep harping on you guys need to play Beauchamp more is speak to me. You don't. <laughs> what's that? As it speak to me, Bucks fans have been calling for Bochamp no, since like, like two weeks it's, last it's year. Obvious thing. Like you have enough offense. I get that he's not. You know, like that's why they're playing Beasley or whatever is for the offense. But 
um, I just, I disagree with that decision because I think you have, you, we just named the things that you can run when you need buckets. And when you're always going to be in the, uh, in the bonus in the fourth quarter, Dame is going to be able to either get to the line or hit shots. Like I'm not worried about that, but you need defense, right? And your defense right now is not good. And that is not a good complexion for the bucks. You were, You've never been a team that's like, oh, we can get away with having a, like a mediocre to bad defense. No, you're going to get wiped off the floor if you have a mediocre to bad defense. Yeah, defense has always been their calling card. So like, it's very concerning that their team is so bad. Like, I knew they were going to take a step back. I didn't think they were going to be like one of the worst teams in the league on defense. And uh, yeah, I would really like to see Bochamp. He's just so much bigger is the thing. Um, he's six seven. I'm checking his page right now here too. So. Just having another big wing out there would be just be really nice. And here's the thing. He's shooting 40, uh, 47.4% from three this year. That was the reason that he couldn't get on the court last year. He couldn't shoot the ball very well. Uh, career, exactly what you need. He, career, he's 34.8. So, like, he was not shooting the three last year at all very well. And it's like, that's why he couldn't make it out there. Um, so, they... he he's, a, he's like the one guy in the team, too, that you could actually see getting better in, like... An, uh, not just in a you expect it way, like actually like improving. Um, so I would like to see him in the court some more uh, as well. Uh, like I said, Bucks fans have been hoping for that for a while that we would just play him more. But yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, as we stand, they look very far off. But I think the thing is, Dame and Giannis are committed. Like, there's been stories where like they're like meeting outside of like practice hours and stuff to talk, watch tape and talk. So it's like they're committed to being good. So it's not like there are two superstars who are like, whatever, we'll just figure it out. They're like, they're, they're actively trying to become better. So like, no, it's, and, and this is why I understand you're going to go to 11 on your take, but like you have two genuinely good dudes as your two best players that, and who also happen to be amazing at the game of basketball. Like mm-hmm. you guys are going to be okay. It's just, you need some health. You need to, freaking coach that knows how to coach his way out of a paper bag like there's some things you need but ultimately you guys are frankly going to win games just by virtue of having those two guys be your best guys even without a freaking system and even with a defense that's kind of a mess yeah i mean i'll be curious to see i mean if this is looking way to the future but the bucks can't make it to the eastern conference finals what they considered being a one and done on adrian griffin because now that Giannis assigned the extension like that was part of the reason they picked him was like we'll pick his coach we'll do all this stuff to appease him it's like well he signed the extension now so uh <laughs> um if nothing work out would you consider looking for a veteran um like one of the three finalists was Kenny Atkinson would you consider going back for Kenny Atkinson um I don't know we'll see um we got we each have two left here why don't you hit me up with yours uh so mine was a a good one. I don't have a good segue from Bucks to this, but I just I wasn't sure about the in season tournament, and now that we're starting to see some of the games, and like I, I know I trashed the city jerseys, which I stand by that most of them are ugly, but and most of the arcade <laughs> floors of the in season oh, are ugly too. Save it, save but it. <laughs> the in season tournament itself, I think, is a good idea. I like it too. I it's it's very hard to say like how it's exactly going to turn out but anything that makes the regular season games matter more i i'm i'm for because nobody the players just have never cared 
the last like five years. So, um, well, I mean, I think I think it's fun to give a, a different wrinkle, right? And and there are too many. I have for years now believe there are too many regular season games, and I know they're not going to change yeah. that because greed, and they just make too much money, and mm-hmm. the, the TV contracts make them too much money, yep. and you're never going to see a reduction in overall games, but at least it provides a wrinkle to make certain games matter. Because I, I will say as a fan, like there's only certain times that I can drive up to Dallas to see them. I live in Austin, and that's, that's a good like three-plus-hour drive, and there's nothing more frustrating than going up and then last minute, oh, by the way, you know, two of the players you were going up to see aren't playing today, and we didn't announce that ahead of time. And you're like, well, that's great. I just spent three hours of driving and, you know, paid a fortune for parking and a fortune for tickets and $20 for a Diet Coke and a popcorn or whatever it was. Like, it, it's ridiculous, right? How much fans are paying yeah. for, like, frankly, a lot of uh regular season games that are just like the players are like, well, subpar here on Tuesday. Yeah. 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 Subpar. That's a, that's a very nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. So far. Uh, so this is, I think the second weekend of it. Um, the first weekend was really good. Uh, a lot of really good games. I have no idea what brought that on, which is luck. Good matchups. I don't know. Today I'm looking at some of the, um, scores here. Oh, you got I scored 144 because the Clippers, holy cow. <laughs> um, uh, the games were not as good, it looks like, today. It looks like, um, but um, I, I so far, I like the idea of it. I mean, we'll see. I'm curious when we get to Vegas, what it's going to be like, right? How um, are the players really going to be, like, playing really, really hard? But, uh yeah, as you said, regular season is really boring usually, and a lot of players sit out. So it's nice to have games because they don't do the. There can be no back to backs coming into the to the uh, play in game or sorry in season games. So it's nice to be like, hey, I could tune into a game tonight. And I guess what, unless I think this, unless the star is pr- injured already, where it's like, okay, you know, he's missed a couple games. I'm gonna get to see players play that I want to see play, right? So, um, yeah, so far. I think it's a good idea. We'll see how it turns out. Um, oh, I had a good transition, but I got to save it for my last one here because it's too funny. Uh, things I like so far, though, as well. Everybody in this organization has got to be liking how things are going. It's the Nuggets. We've talked about them a bunch. I don't think we need to talk about them too much here. Uh, I know they just had a Jamal Murray injury, and he's going to miss the rest of the month, which is not ideal, but... They're just feeding the ball to Jokic more. He's just dominating more. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. He's <laughs> um, so freaking good. It is um, ridiculous. I just, uh, this kind of sport, I mean, we've both basically spoiled what our final pick is going to be because we've both talked about we don't think anybody can beat the Nuggets. So it's like, they look so good. Um, everything is clicking. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure how that Bruce Brown thing was going to turn out because I was like, oh, he was so important in terms of their line of flexibility, but it doesn't seem to have... We'll see in the postseason. Maybe in the postseason when you only play like seven guys, it'll matter more, right? But, um, man, they look like a juggernaut. They look really good. So if you're a Nuggets fan, like, you gotta be really happy. There seems to be no, like... Sometimes you get the little bit of hangover, you know, where teams have won and they're kind of, like, a little slow out of the gates. Um, and now everybody's giving them their best punch and, you know, but... They look like they're really locked in. Um, and 
yeah, like I said, I don't think there's much to say about it, right? Yeah, no, I I think you pretty much hit the points. I mean, they, they and you know, I I want all the teams to be healthy. Period. I just say that as a general thing, and I think that if Denver is healthy, I don't see anyone beating them in the playoffs. I can't see it either. Like Jokic has taken to his game such another level, and so many of their players fit their system and. And having done it too matters too, right? You know, where it's like that was always oh, the, yeah, they, it's always the question until you do it, can you do it right? But yep, and and they know, and you watch the way they play. I, I the one little nugget, pun intended, that I will throw in there that I really love is I love the two man game between Jokic and Aaron Gordon, where mm-hmm. Jokic does all these things, subtle things, honestly, with the way he turns his body or what he does, where he threatens like some of his go to moves. And it just manipulates the defense, and that's exactly when AG cuts, and he gets so many dunks. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if I shared it in the in our um, in our running chat, but like there's a uh, an out of bounds play they ran earlier this year. Might have been one of the first games of the season where Jokic three quarter court just throws a freaking oh, yeah. bomb, and AG dunks it, and no one even realized that was the inbounds play. Yeah, like that was, was one of those, like... The two of them knew that it was happening, and everyone else, and probably including several Denver players, like, thought it was going to be a normal, like, you just do a bounce pass to the guy five feet away and you dribble it up, because you're in your own backcourt, right? And he just throws this 60-foot bomb, and AG just dunks it, and you're like, and the other team didn't even realize the ball had been inbounded. Yeah, that was so crazy, because he grabs the ball out of the ref's hand so quickly, and, it, like, I think Murray or somebody, the guard is, like, close where you would normally stand to get it, and Yoko just chucks it down there, and it's like for the two of them to actually know that like the defense has fallen asleep and is like, yeah, to do that was crazy. That was like, yeah, that was like mind melt stuff. Um, you see that play though, and you're like, yeah, there's nobody freaking beating this team. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I, I understand yeah. other teams are more disciplined defensively and aren't going to fall for that, but like when you are that simpatico that you're even you're like have the balls to run that play right yeah that that reminds me of like uh the drew steel Giannis alley-oop where it's like that's just players doing things that are like why are you doing this but they're so you know they're so locked yeah. in and it works type of thing yeah yep uh why don't you hit me up with your last one here then so i it kind of got rolled into one of the other ones so yeah i don't know we can we can stick with what's on what's on your uh, mind on uh, the. I want you to say it here, just uh, for posterity's sake. Here, I mean, so this is kind of related to like, de- like I mentioned earlier, death of super teams and kind of like quote. I'm going to put this in quotes. Player empowerment is it like I think we're seeing, and the CBA is I think the most obvious direct counter of this, but like also. I guess it relates to kind of this offseason with the whole thing with the Dame trade, right? And you saw the way Miami reacted, where they were like, oh, it's like, there's nothing funnier and more ironic to me than Miami, you know, like complaining about tampering when freaking Dame's agent 
from day one, it was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, this right. is the only team he wants to go to. And it's like, yeah, you know that in a league with 30 teams, you're not allowed to do that, right? And like the freaking commissioner makes a statement about it and then they say, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to investigate it. And of course they have to say we're going to investigate it. And like nothing's going to come of it. No one's going to get fined, whatever. Like no one's going to lose second round picks over it. And I'm not saying they should, but like it's kind of BS that that can even happen, right? Where you have a player go, yeah. like, I only want to go here. And then the agent like telling all the other teams, oh, don't even bother. And we just saw it happen again with Harden, right? Where like Harden was like, I only want to go to the Clippers. None of the other, like it totally breaks the market for that player because none of the other teams are like, well, I don't want, I mean, a lot of other teams didn't want Harden anyway. So whatever, like teams actually wanted Dame. But so these, these are, apples and oranges comparisons but the the point that i'm making is that there's a there's a bad side to quote-unquote player empowerment which is if you let players actually kind of hijack how the league operates that's at a certain point that is bad um i don't know and like when in doubt, I'm always pro-worker on any of these kind of worker versus employer things. Like earlier I mentioned, I'm not going to cry for, you know, bombers, bombers millions of dollars yeah. that he's going to spend on new arena or players or whatever. Like the dude is swimming in money, whatever. He's going to be fine. But as someone that loves the league and likes you know, to see like, you know, some kind of parody and competition among teams and not just have like the haves and the have nots like you've had for a very long time in most professional sports leagues. It's frustrating to see when like a few players can really disrupt the balance of the league as a whole. And I do think that there are moments when that kind of happens. And I think the Harden thing was an example and kind of sort of what Dame did is another kind of sort of example. So that that was that was, I guess, the last bad thing that I had on my list is just like, can we have less of that? And hopefully the CBA mm. changes are going to mean less of that. Although I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, KD did it, too. He wanted to go to the Suns, and he got on the Suns, too. So Yes. That was you last are. year, but... Um, you're, you're right. That's another good example. Yeah. I, I guess um, the other thing, too, we'll have to keep an eye on is we know expansion is coming. Uh, I don't mm. know when, but it's very obvious that Las Vegas and Seattle are, are going to get teams. Uh, so we'll see how that affects things, too, because the league is, like, so deep on talent, like, I mean, we mentioned Nazari is the backup, the third center on the Timberwolves. He's, he's good enough to be a starting center on a lot of teams. So it's like, yeah. Um, so we'll kind of see how that shakes things out too, with a little bit more, um, I don't say dilution of talent. I guess that's technically what it is, but um, yeah, I mean, it's dilution. But like, there's so many freaking stacked teams. Like, that's the thing. This is the thing. This is the problem with even saying stack. There are teams with guys that are like the tenth best player that no one's heard of. And that's not fair because those players are mm -hmm. actually good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are plenty uh, of players the... who never get minutes for teams where you're like, why is this guy not getting minutes? Yeah. Oh, no. No, absolutely. And I, I'm sure everyone that follows a team can name at least one guy who's deep in their bench, you know, that doesn't doesn't see minutes. And you're like, man, that guy totally deserves to play more. Um, yeah. no, Nassas I... Antetokounmpo. That'd <laughs> <laughs> uh, not him. <laughs> Speaking of player empowerment, um, no, one of the rumors that I heard, and it's probably just a rumor, but I think it would be awesome because it's one of my favorite cities, is I heard that Mexico City was on the short list of cities that could get an expansion NBA team, and I love Mexico City, and I, I, I'm i sure it's that's like seems pretty out there of a, of a place to have an NBA team, but if it happened, I think it would be awesome. I think it's doable. It just... Um... 
I don't know. It seems so obvious that it would be those two cities, right? I mean, we know Vegas for sure because um, that's why they're putting so much stuff in Vegas. And LeBron has said he wants to own the Vegas team. Yeah. I mean, Um, does it make me cynical to say because gambling is why obviously you have a sports team in Vegas? Of course, right? Yeah. Um, And I would like to see Seattle get its team back. Um, And I think the NBA... I think we've talked about this before. The NBA, I'm sure hugely regrets moving that team out of Seattle into Oklahoma I, City, like right before they got the huge I never, I will not allow myself to be an OKC fan for that reason. <laughs> I remember, no, like honestly, I loved, I, I worked a lot in that area, in the Seattle area. Uh, and I know that there was a while there where the Seattle, you know, after Ray Allen and whatever, like they were not very good. And then, you know, they, right, they got Durant, pretty, and then right. they become OKC and like, whole you know roller coaster after that but that city did not deserve to get just shanked in a dark alley like they did yeah right? yeah i mean it, like i said the nba kind of got what it deserved because like seattle would have been a m- million times better market for them over the past however many years in oklahoma city is right so yeah uh they screwed that one up and they gotta live with it um uh, my last one here, we've talked about it a bunch of times. You've hinted at it, and I've always told you to uh, to to punt it. Five characters who feel bad. This one is my eyes. My eyes feel bad. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I've had to look at these horrible jerseys. You've mentioned that. I cannot stand them. It's freaking terrible. These courts, I hate them. Like, I yeah. like. I don't dislike the idea of trying to make the courts look kind of different and interesting. I just hate what they've decided on. I think it's so bad. Like, so 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 many of them, I don't understand what I'm looking at. Like, there's there's some of them where it's like, am I watching Suspiria? There's so much freaking blood all over the place. Oh. I'm like, what the hell is happening here? Uh, and then... That's amazing. This, like, we were talking today, uh, I mentioned it earlier before we started, was I saw, I think, maybe it was Zach somebody posted what the courts looked like today and like 50% of them were like gray and it's like what are we doing here like if we're trying to make the courts look interesting why do we have half the courts look gray with like that's stupid that's like such a crappy color uh, and it's they all look the same it's like that's not, that's not the point right of that like what I think they should do and someone brought this up and I agree with this is the outsides you know because they're split to thirds right they're like an Oreo cookie basically so like the filling should be the color. Like, that should be, like, the red strip or whatever you want it to be. And then the, the outside should be regular colors. Like, I could still tell that the court was different, but I would not be being assaulted as I'm looking at the screen and being like, my God, I this I hate this so much. Uh, so, we've discussed liking the in-season tournament, but everything else around it, I'm not happy with. Not happy with the jerseys, not happy with the courts. Ugh. Uh, and then the last thing that goes on to why I had to talk about my eyes here is: Have you seen Twitter, man? It's a <laughs> what a mistake. Uh, I think you mean X, right? <laughs> uh, I don't think X wants to be associated with the things I'm going to talk about, so I think they'd rather I refer to it as Twitter. Uh, of course, the the hilarious um, fake um, like. Brazil NBA Twitter accounts, which are just like, are those people like smoking ayahuasca or something like that? Like that Timberwolves one? Like, oh my god, it's so weird. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it's like, what the hell is going on here? And then, um, you know, those are like fake accounts, 
uh, you know, they pay oh, for I the blue check I know check what you're about to, about to mention now. I have a feeling I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know where I'm going here. Uh, the Hawks' actual oh. real Twitter account posted that super weird OnlyFans no. parody. <laughs> and no. I was just like, what am I, what am I watching? <laughs> it's... For anyone listening to this, all you have to do is let autocomplete of any search engine just do Atlanta Hawks, and I guarantee you that the phrase after that is going to get you to the video that he's he's mentioning. And it's oh, wow, it's wow. it's so weird. I'm like, what happened? Who allowed this? And it's so funny. The players hate it too. That's what's so funny. I mean, I would I would imagine. I I, I just I feel like there's a 17 year old intern on like the media department. <laughs> For the Atlanta Hawks, it's like, eh, let's go for this. Why not? Oh, man. Right? man. Oh, it's so, yeah. What a time <laughs> to be alive. Yep. Uh, you know, the NBA always delivering. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Oh, man. That's so the other thing that X ruined by renaming is I can't, like, NBA Twitter was always a thing, and now you can't say NBA X. That doesn't make well, any sense. Well, that belonged on NBA X, man. That belonged on NBA yeah, X, yeah. X. Yes, it did. That <laughs> Atlanta Hawks are... And they're on one, yeah. Um, oh, man. So, wow. uh, that's the last of our uh, five aside here. We just I had to talk about that I mean, stuff. I can't say anything else after that, because that is the perfect note to end it on. Uh, that's just perfection yeah so uh i did want to do let's quickly go through i'm sorry you wanted to end but we have to do our rapid fire uh predictions here just so we can be on the record so we can laugh at each other at the end here um so we had uh let's see who was the funniest team to win the in-season tournament uh i said the wolves shellett also said the timberwolves (laughs) he said it was an easy easily it was the timberwolves uh, who did you think, Dan? Oh, I'm gonna go with Hornets for like probably oh. a similar reason. Like, yep. I just think that would be hilarious. That would be very funny. Um, worst record, I had the Blazers. I wish I'd picked the Wizards. That was just a bad. Uh, I should just pick them. But Eric had the Blazers as well. Who did you think? I mean, I think you guys made the right choice, but I'm gonna go okay. with Detroit just to be contrary. Okay, I mean. Detroit's a good pick too. It's like, honestly, just staring the obvious team is probably right. You know, um, let's see who else did we have here? Uh, the off season move with the biggest impact for their team. Uh, let's see. Eric has Dame. Uh, why don't you go here and then I can, I can give my sicko. Ooh, pick. I'm, I'm going to not choose Dame, even though I think that's a really good choice. And I'm actually going to go with the other side of that, which is Drew Holiday to the Celtics, okay. I think actually was a hugely impactful move. Okay. I also thought about Drew, but I thought I'd be a sicko and I would pick Fred Van Fleet for Houston. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, just, I was like, serious? <laughs> I, I am. You want to know why? Because I was oh. like, Houston was the worst team last year. And we said nobody other than Shengu knows how to play basketball on that damn team. And so I was like, you know what? Having a steady you're hand not, at the point guard, they're not going to be wrong. terrible. You're not <laughs> wrong. And I like, I like Fred Van Vliet, but I just think that is a crazy take. I know. That's, that's the sickle wow. thing I told you. Um, oh, nice. But you know, wait, a, wait a Like, you could have given me 10 <laughs> guesses, and I probably would not have gotten that in 10 guesses. Oh no, that was like I I I thought about that for a second. I was like, you know, 
I actually think like yeah, they might not be because they are incentivized to win because they have a, a top four protected uh, pick that they're giving up this year. They don't want to give up like the fifth pick. So I was like, they got to be good, and I think Van Vliet could help them. So I was like, yeah. if they're like the tenth worst team this year, like he's a, that's a he's massive. a good player, and he is going to make them better. But <laughs> that is an amazing take. <laughs> I I know that's like some real psycho psycho shit. I know. <laughs> um, so uh, top six teams. Let's go for the East here first. Let's see. Eric has the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Cavs, the Knicks, and he had the Pacers. That's a spite. That was a spicy pick, but he looks like he's right now. That's a good. Like that's it. a great pick. I like it. Six. Um, what are your six? I had the Bucks, the Celtics, the Knicks, the Heat, the Cavs, and the Sixers. So I had almost the same, but I had the Heat over the Pacers. Yeah, my, mine are the, basically the same as, as Eric's. Like, I think the Pacers are, you know, I think the Pacers are going to be good. Um, okay. I, I, I don't know. Cleveland, something is off about Cleveland, but whatever. I'm, I'm not going to start changing my takes now, but we'll, we'll see. It's, yeah. it's still early. Yeah, I mean, they should still be a top six regular season team, I think, even yeah. if something's quite slightly wrong with them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the East is pretty weak. Uh, we got the West teams here. Eric has Denver, Phoenix, Sac, the Lakers, the Wolves, and the Warriors. I have uh, the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Suns, the Warriors. I've got Kings, too. But I have, and we would have spent a long time talking about this on our preview, and it got nixed. I have OKC. I'm super high on OKC, guys. Like, Really, really high. So I am uh, in the top six. Ready to get quite that spicy with OKC, but uh, I actually am going to pick my Mavs as one of the top six, which is probably a spicy take. But that probably was before the season started. Yeah. So I'm guessing you had basically everybody the same, except you had Mavs instead of what Wolves or OKC. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, I would. I, yeah. I, I Preseason, yes. Now that's, like I said, probably looking a little too spicy, but we'll see. It's early. Yeah. Yeah. I love OKC. Like I said, we, I would have talked to him for like 10 minutes straight at, at you guys. I wouldn't even let you guys talk because I was just going over how much I loved K- OKC. So, yeah. Um, really high at him. Uh, MVP, uh, I'm guessing we're all picking Jokic, right? Yeah. Um, I. Would say Tatum is a dark horse, but yeah, I think it's Jokic okay. all the way. Yeah, I I think Eric had it right here. He says, just think he's going to be so good, they won't be able to deny him again. That's basically how I felt about what I picked. Yeah. My, well, my and it's going to be one of those things where, like, they gave it to Embiid last year, and you saw what Embiid did in the playoffs, and they should have given it to Jokic, and you saw what Jokic did in the playoffs. So yeah. it's very likely that this year becomes a, a mea culpa, where everyone's like, yeah, you, we're sorry. Yeah, and he, he this is the second time we've had a back-to-back MVP, and then they're like, oh, we can't give it to him the third time. He hasn't, like, the historical precedent, he hasn't won a title, and then that dude wins the title in the third year. It happened to Giannis, it happened to Joker. Let's just give it to the guy for the third time in a row. God. <laughs> um, well, this whole, like, precedent nonsense, like, dude, look at the stuff Jokic is doing and tell yeah. me he is not the best player in the league. Like, just honestly, like, use your eyes, right? I know. I can't... Uh... I mean, Pete had a great year last year, but I thought it was just so obvious it should have been. To me, it was it was Jokic, but whatever. Um, and then finals. Uh, do you also have Nuggets over Celtics? Yep. 
I know it's not a very exciting take, but to me, it's <laughs> like it, it was my it was my preseason, and it only feels more solid now. Honestly, oh yeah, definitely, yeah. I felt about good about the preseason, and I feel even better now. Uh, so yeah, so uh, well, if the Nuggets and the Celtics don't make the finals, we're gonna look like idiots. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't uh, look at that anyway. But <laughs> I, I honestly think, and I go, I said this to the Celtics as well. Like, I think if those two teams stay healthy, it's gonna be a huge upset. Anyone in either conference that knocks them off. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, it'd be a pretty big surprise. I guess if I had to pick a team more likely to not make it, it would probably be Boston, just because I have more concerns about some injuries on the players on the team that could hurt them. Like Horford's yep. old, Porzingis is old, or, or sorry, Porzingis gets injured a lot, so like that yeah. makes yeah. their front court depth. But um, yeah, I didn't get into that. That was my the reason why I picked Boston as one of my preview teams for the 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 format that. The format that never was for the other podcast was just that uh, even though they're really good on paper, they do have some stuff to sort out. And the Porzingis thing, I, I saw him too much on Dallas to not have concerns eh. about Porzingis. So that's conversation for another pod, but we'll yes. see. But I, the Drew Holiday is such a no-brainer. Like That's such an upgrade over mm-hmm. Marcus Smart to me. That, that That's oh, a yeah. trade. Like, I do that every single time, that trade. Yeah, we didn't get into it now, but like in the hindsight of the Bucks. Like knowing that Drew was going to the Celtics, would you still want to do the Dame thing? Yeah. It's like, I mean, I think I think you tough. still have to because of the contract stuff with Giannis. But mm-hmm. man, is that going to suck if if the Bucks face Boston in the playoffs and, and yep. Drew is is just menacing your ball handlers? Like, I'm oh sorry. yeah, I, I shouldn't say that with glee, but like that's one of those like that's what you got to mm-hmm. think about when you have a guy that's like and. I guess I'm this is me on team Drew is what I'm saying because when he was did the interview like right before the trade and was like, oh, I'd be happy to be a buck for the rest of my career. Yep. And then of course they trade him and you're like, oh man, that is so brutal. So yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I'm gonna I'm not gonna feel too bad if he like totally hurts you guys in the playoffs because I'm gonna be like, that's kind of karma. Yeah. I it's tough to say, but I the the difference is that Giannis signed the extension, so it's worth it because he signed the extension. Yep. And um, honestly, the thing the thing is, um, it's really tough to say. But the problem with the Bucks over and over and over again was they couldn't run any half court offense in the in the postseason. It's like that was always their Achilles heel. So they got to try something different. Like if they yep. ran Drew back with the team, they can have the same damn problem. And <laughs> so you, it's like yeah. we're not title contenders with Drew and just running it back. And you were yeah. very much in danger of all the stuff that Giannis was saying coming to fruition and him leaving and you and you looking mm-hmm. in front office looking like idiots. So I total excuse me, I totally get it, but um it is you would want him to go to any team but Boston, frankly. Exactly. Even Miami would have been better. <laughs> yeah, be no, no, absolutely. Because Miami, uh, I don't think is a threat to you guys. Honestly, Blake, they still, yeah. like Bam is a good defender. I still don't think Miami. I wouldn't pick Miami to beat you guys in a seven game series unless with, they get somebody yeah. else, right? Right. So, yeah. Um, let's leave us here with my last joke here, which was uh, I had listed. My top five players who Grant Hill will leave on Reed. So, as as we know, LeBron James called, picked up the bat phone and got all the old heads to, to commit to uh, Team USA. 
So here's my top five players that are going to ask Grant Hill to be on the team, and he will not answer. They are, in no particular order, Donovan Mitchell, mm. Trey Young. Oh, love it. Julius Randle. Love it. Uh, Bradley Beal. Yep. And this one, will sh- I'm at four, right? Um, yeah. This one will shock you, Jalen Brown. I, that is an excellent list. I, 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 I can't think of anything on there that I would take. Oh, I love that you said Trey. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> I mean, you know he wants to go, but he, he can't play oh, in sure, field. but like. Small. He's too if I try to think of the opposite of a viable FIBA guard, <laughs> I think I would come up with Trey. Oh, yeah. He was he was the first person I put on the list because I was like, he can't play in FIBA. He's just not. You, you look at like and even uh, freaking um, Reeves, right? You look at the way mm-hmm. those European guards were just oh, roasting him up and yeah. roasting him. And like, I'm not I'm not hating on Reeves. He's, he's a perfectly good player. But like you realize how the game is different in Europe, right? It's like all these guys have post-up skills, all these guards mm-hmm. that play in Europe. And you get a lot of wings and guards in, in uh, the NBA now that don't have those skills and don't have those defensive skills because no one freaking posts up anymore because everyone just guns threes all day. But like I honestly, as someone who has the old man post game when I play, like <laughs> I loved watching these guys just get roasted because it's my favorite thing to play against youngsters. Like there's every once in a while there'll be high school guys that'll come to my to my uh, pickup games. And yeah, they can jump out of the gym and they can run around for days and they're they're way better shooters at way farther distances than I am. But like, man, I can post them up and you give them a couple fakes and, you know, a couple pivots and you're getting layups because they don't know how to defend you. <laughs> and it's well, it's yeah. really funny to watch these Euro guards do the same thing to American players because they're too small and they don't have the d- defensive skills. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I also had on the short list, I had Kyrie, but I don't think he would ask to be on the team. So I. Same with Harden. I don't think they would ask. So I was like, I'm not going to put him on there. So, Dude, if Harden calls, Grant Hill would block the number. <laughs> you kidding me? That is, that is the last player we want in FIBA. Especially, imagine James Harden in Paris at the clubs. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, he just wouldn't. He would, he would be on the roster, and he, and he just wouldn't even show up to games, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we'd have, to, we'd have to go find him. <laughs> oh, man. So... Uh, that was the last thing we'll leave you with was our hilarious uh, um, FIBA talk here. So that, that list was a work of art, sir. I I commend you. <laughs> so listeners, I hope you enjoyed uh, our sort of semi-season preview slash early season review here. Uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully Eric will be able to join us next time um, to help uh, temper some of my insanity or maybe fuel it. I guess we'll find out. But uh, I hope people enjoy the season and have enjoyed the game so far and continue to enjoy the games. And uh, we will see everybody next time. Later.